You're watching No Go Zone with Henry. It's just a made up story. None of it's real. Woke up this morning in the United States of Blackrock. First thing I did is I went and sat on the toilet, pulled out my iPhone, and you know, checked in on Instagram, grabbed a glass, poured myself a glass of tap water, and I thought I should make some breakfast. So I had some ham, a couple of eggs, and some of my favorite kind of bread. Threw a little bit of my jam on there, and I got dressed in some of my favorite clothes. Walked out the door, hopped in my car, drove to the new job I just got. Doing data analytics for Amazon. Lunchtime, I got hungry. I Ubered up some McDonald's. And then after work, I hit the gym on my way home. Got home hungry and tired, so you know I ovened up one of my favorite frozen dinners. Fed my dog her favorite dog food. And you know, caught up on a little bit of news to make sure I know what's going on in the world. God damn, the news was depressing, so I poured myself a glass of High West whiskey. And that finally helped me relax. And I climbed into bed. Oh wait, and I climbed into bed, that's right. It's gonna be a great day in the United States of Black Rock tomorrow, I'm sure. So y'all just have a good day now out there. Be kind to one another, drink your water. All right, all right, there we go. Well, that's right, uh, they got you by the balls, ladies and gentlemen, they got you by the balls, uh, as they say. Blackrock, Vanguard, State Street. Who we forget? I think there's a fourth one in there somewhere. A uh, lot, of, lot of trillions flying around. You know what I mean? But uh, anyway, good to uh, good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for uh, joining us. If you're watching live, sorry for the delay. Everybody had an AC uh, issue. Got to have some AC here in the studio. It gets super hot, and it was like dying just as I was uh, starting up here. Here, so I tried to figure that out. So it was uh, delayed. But anyway, good to uh, good to see you guys. If you're new, RedEyes.tv, RedEyesMembers.com. Check out our websites. Uh, you can get a membership over there. You can watch all our stuff that we have available. Uh, and today we have a good show lined up. Just as usual, a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world. Man, we have things are heating up with. NATO and the uh, the Serbs, of course, Sweden is seeking NATO membership. That's uh, something to talk about. Uh, they're going after the cows again. We're going to talk about that both in Ireland and in the U.S. They're, uh, they want to, you know, ban farms, uh, stop cows, uh, kill cows, essentially. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and we have some other stories as well. Quite a bit, actually. So we'll see what we can get here today. Uh, quite a bit have happened. There was some stuff with Roger Waters. We'll see if we can get to that. That's kind of interesting. Uh, RFK, right? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. had to kind of backtrack his support for Roger Waters because of his, <laughs> his attack on Israel. Uh, it is crazy stuff, folks. So anyway, uh, that's some of the things. We'll see what else. We have uh, We have some other things regarding the climate fraud issue, right? That's the, that's the issue over the cows. Ireland seeking to kill like uh, it's a ridiculous like 125,000 cows or something like that over the next three years to meet these uh, dumb climate goals that they've set up. Uh, it's all a big um, all a big scam to uh, to get you uh, even to get you even further by the balls, right? Anyway, so we'll talk we'll talk about that. Uh, all right, guys, if you want to if you join us today, entropystream.live slash red eyes TV. I think they have their stuff still working over there. Not sure if the two uh, two method uh, authentication thing is an issue still or not, uh, but uh, you can super chat over there uh, or you can super chat over on Rumble or Odyssey. I'll keep an eye on that uh, throughout the stream today uh, as well. Otherwise, yeah, we should. I guess we should dive into it. We, uh, we had uh, all delayed here this week. Uh, so we put up the Western Warrior show yesterday, actually, uh, but it was a good one. And actually, I have one of the clips I want to show you. Uh, we did um, 
We, we went into a little bit more detail about the Beyond Growth Conference, which which is a, a fascinating topic in and of itself. Uh, Club of Rome, Beyond Growth, uh, the EU Parliament was hosting that. Uh, but I want to pull something out from there uh, in terms of John Kerry and what he talked about regarding the uh, the attacks on, on now American farms. They, look, they've done this over in the Netherlands, right? They're talking about uh, to meet climate goals. They have to uh, do away with about 3,000 farms. It's all this ESG, World Economic Forum uh, bullshit to, of course, control the food supply and get us to eat the bugs. And so now they're pushing this over in the States as well. We'll see how that goes uh, goes down, to be honest. Uh, all right, but we gotta we got to show the potato in chief here first. If you didn't see it yet, grand old Joe... Bu- what is it now? 80... What is it? 80... 83? Did I get that right? He was at the... Uh, I think it's the Air Force Academy... Uh, where he uh, <clears throat> apparently he tripped on uh, something that at least that's what it looked like. He blamed it afterwards. He pointed at it and said, Arre- "Arrest that!" Uh, look at this here. Man down. <laughs> Jeez, you know people are like, "Oh, you shouldn't laugh." You know, it's an old man and stuff like that. But he's just—I mean, with all—he's—he's an—he's an evil, evil, wicked man. And some people say, "Oh, he doesn't know what he's doing," and blah blah. blah. Well, maybe now he doesn't, or less so, I should say, right? Some things I think he knows what he's doing. But if you look at his track record throughout his uh, little history there, the way he's like going after white Americans, Biden is—is is of course, you know, ramping up all this fake uh, terrorism accusations regarding like right uh, right wingers and conservatives and, and stuff like that too like white supremacy is the biggest the biggest problem the biggest issue he's one of the guys pushing all that shit you know what i mean um he he, he deserves this is nothing what he what he actually deserves this guy but uh you could argue uh he's probably not fit to to run here in 2024 we'll see what they do i i suspect they'll they'll run again and they'll probably cheat again and they'll put him in, <laughs> they'll put him in again uh there was a Someone had another angle here too, which was, which is, let me see, is it this way? Yeah, check this this out here. Uh, fascinating the response here from one of the uh, one of the ladies here, walking up. <laughs> Just all right, I'm out. It took a little a little delay for everybody to, st- st- <laughs> to stand up and and try to sort this problem out here. Ay, 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 ay. Air Force Academy. That's well. Let's check that again. She's. <laughs> we're just gonna read him. Get a get a diploma or a plaque or something, right? From the uh, the prez. All right. We take. Uh, we take. It's the small things in life that we take uh, take joy from, right? <laughs> yeah. No. I think I think they'll run him. I think they'll run him again. Twenty twenty four. I think he. I think he's officially said he's going to run, doesn't he? Well. Now let's uh, let's check this out here. There's another thing happening here between the dynamic of global homo America, which Joe Biden, of course, represents, and some of the other less kind of uh, I don't know less gay countries around the world. It's fascinating to watch this, but we've covered Uganda a little bit already uh, and their anti-homosexual bill. So essentially, if I remember exactly the the details, it was uh, homosexual sex is is outlawed, I believe, in the country. And 
unfortunately, though, America and many other countries, of course, are pouring endless amounts of aid uh, into many African countries. I think we should uh, just get the get Western uh, involvement off their backs and then let them uh, let them develop on their own. But anyway, uh, so some Ugandan students were out here protesting in front of one of the uh, government buildings uh, and protesting America and Joe Biden, in fact. And so it's not uh, subtitled here, but they're apparently singing here in the clip we're going to look at. Uh, we don't want your pro-gay money. We want and love our country more than money. This is one of the uh, tunes here, apparently, they're singing. Check this out. Am I hearing little English at the end there? No, probably not. United people? Ah, probably not. It's it's already here. (laughs) But anyway, uh, so unless, of course, this is completely mistranslated. I think it was an African uh, guy on on Twitter uh, tweeting this out. I I assume it's correct, right? Remember they've had this back and forth? uh, Like, incredible, like, just dynamic to watch everybody, especially the conservatives that, of course, are are coming down, cracking down on Uganda, where you think, like, well, you know, they're their own country, they can do what they want. And obviously, I, for one, would welcome them uh, not getting American aid and then going their own path and doing whatever the hell they want. I mean, this is just good for them. <laughs> good for them. Base. They they probably, uh, many of these people probably look at the West and like, hmm, is this, I mean, you have that kind of ironic dynamic, right, where a lot of them wants to come to, you know, Europe and America and Western countries, Australia and things like that. Uh, but then at the same time, many of them from the third world, even the second world, of course, way more conservative on average than, uh, you know, many, you know, many in the West are. Unfortunately, we've been uh, completely brainwashed by all the liberal ideologies and cultural Marxism and anti-whiteism and stuff like that. Well, they're, they're probably anti-white, <laughs> at least when they come to our countries. Um, but good for them, right, in a way, and, and good for them to maybe be denied aid, because I think, I mean, if you look at some figures, like, I've showed it many times before. I showed it in the latest Western Warrior show as well. But like, just little Sweden, you know, of like ten million people, which like you know what a million and a half now is like you know migrants anyway, is giving incredible amounts. I, I forget the exact number now, right? Incredible amount to the entire continent of Africa, and we're like propping them up essentially to do these things. But now this is the only this is the only re- like reaction that they that that we're seeing, right? Oh my, I can't believe, even Ted Cruz, let me show you that, this anti-gay bill here, right? Uh, This Uganda bill is 
Uh, the Uganda law is horrific and wrong, Ted Cruz says. <laughs> Any, a, here's a conservatives 2023, right? Any law criminalizing homosexuality or imposing the death penalty for aggravated homosexuality is grotesque and an abomination. All civilized nations should join together in condemning this human rights abuse. Hashtag LGBTQ, uh, Ted Cruz says. So that's your, um, your based conservatives uh, these days, I guess, huh? Uh, I think there's a, I think there's also kind of a slippery slope argument. You know, a lot of people in the West are like, well, you know, to each his own and whatever they do in their private home and things like that. And it's like, those were arguments I, I, I used to understand, but considering just how far things have gotten and, and of course how they're lumping all of these, you know, little special minority groups together uh, as an attack and a sledgehammer against traditional Western society. I, there's 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 no room for for any kind of sympathy anymore. To be honest, uh, now you it's interesting though, right? Because now you're seeing somewhat of an organized kickback or pushback uh, against some of the stuff that's happened, at least in America, over the last couple of years. And finally, finally, some conservatives are like rallying a little bit to like, oh, let's boycott Target. But then we're back to where we started today with the BlackRock issue. Anyway, like pff, they don't care. They don't care. They can you know they can dispose of a couple of targets you know nationwide and, and they'll still you know make a lot of money kind of thing we'll, we'll see it's still good to see the pushback and, I, and i'm i'll come around to this topic a little bit later in the show as well uh but it is it is fascinating that uh, this is how uh, how the this the state of of uh, of concern that there's no understanding like well can't you see how society has transformed as a consequence of it and if you kind of open that door a little bit if you kind of like you know open the door just a crack eventually it will be um it'll open wide you know what i mean and and now they now they want your kids and look there there could be some uh homosexuals they're against those kinds of things and and some are or whatever but like it or not they have you know they have embraced your movement that you were working for and 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 you know attached right to piggybacked on this issue to to take us where we are now with with the pedophile stuff so so maybe like this is like an ongoing experiment in the west right maybe the only way to ensure that it doesn't go this way is to just keep that door tightly shut kind of thing right it's like okay you could you could argue like legally speaking that like okay you could have that one of this like it is within society it should be frowned on it should be you know it should be in the closet essentially right um, you might not, have, you know, do you have to kill people? But no, uh, unless they, they are, you know, selling this to children or something, trying to indoctrinate kids into this kind of stuff. Then, then you can argue that then it should be like a punishable thing kind of thing. Um, unsurprisingly, of course, the high representative for uh, the EU for foreign affairs and security policy at the, uh, uh, was it Joseph Borrell? Man, what, didn't, he have a, didn't he have a different position before? Vi yeah, he's the vice president, that's right, of the EU Commission as well, under uh, Ursula, uh, say, the, the signing into law of the Anti-Homosexuality Act by the Ugandan president, Yuriri Muzovendi, is deplorable. This law is contrary to international human rights law and to Uganda's obligation under the African Charter on Human and People's Rights. Uh, and someone had... Because uh, again, it's slippery slope. Wherever this always leads, <laughs> seems to lead to the same thing, right? It's like, well, we gotta have access to your kids. That's what this is, has, has led now, right? Um, and here's a little clip of uh, a liberal reacting uh, when when you oppose uh, to showing the first graders uh, gay butt sex pornography. Nazi! Stop him! Stop him! 
Nazi! I think that's uh, that's pretty accurate right there. Uh, and that's that's kind of where it always comes down to as well. It's like, well, if you oppose any of their liberal ideas, whatever, you're, you're basically a Nazi. You're, be- <laughs> you're basically... The whole EU is built on this, right? Uh, essentially, right, to, to stop Nazism. Uh, and li- the liberal progressive ideas, no matter how degenerate, how perverse, how... Uh, hostile it becomes to family and tradition and children in of itself, it's always the correct thing. And if you oppose them, you're a Nazi, right? Isn't that the, the weapon that they have, essentially? But uh, anyway, this is interesting with the, with the aid stuff, anyway, to uh, special, specifically Uganda. Then let's see if they're cut off. Let's see if they're sanctioned because of this. Because it will also kind of show you that, like, how important it is to them as they're formulating this uh, global governance system to have every nation aboard uh, doing thinking and acting exactly the same according to this like yeah again that's why we call it uh, global homo <laughs> right it's it's uh, it's there for there for a reason all right uh, crayon minister C- crj over on uh, anthropus streams has uh, shared from diagonal diagonal in case you're wondering yes it has in fact gotten worse Full salute, sir. Thank you. Uh, yeah, of course, it's gotten worse. It, it's always <laughs> getting worse. Uh, yes, we'll be joined tomorrow, by the way, uh, for Flashback Friday. A little bit delayed in schedule here, but uh, we'll be joined uh, by Alex, the Fremen's Toll, uh, to guest host uh, with us. Uh, you know, one of the Diagonal Plat Army guys. So, so shout out to you. Thank you, Crown Minister. Uh, we had a couple here from uh, Western Collapse Report as well. Uh, Uganda seems kind of based these days. They banned faggots and are making good <laughs> good moves. I wonder, Uganda, I haven't really heard. Is there a lot of people from Uganda in like Western Western countries? There's, there's definitely other sub-Saharan African countries that are way more uh, kind of overrepresented of African countries, uh, as far as I can remember anyway. Uh, I mean, again, good luck to them. I, th- I think I've said this many times before, but I, I genuinely wish that mo- all the other countries out there to do well for themselves, to do the kind of things that they need to do, whatever that is, uh, that, they, that they have their right to self-determination, if that's what they democratically want kind of thing, um, so be it, right? I'm sure there's some other African uh, country that's super gay and pride-friendly. I'm sure there is there is such a, a country, right? Uh, then they can go there. Why does it have to be that every single country have to have the sa- these same things all the time, right? Uh, anyway, Western Class Report as well says, uh, one doll, one doll hair. Uh, was that, a, am I missing the reference? <laughs> Something there. Thank you, Western Class Report. Uh, maybe next time, three doll hairs. <clears throat> what, what's the, what's the, rep- there's probably some obvious reference here that just goes completely over my, uh, over my head here. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, while I'm thinking, are we talking about mine? <laughs> while we try to sort out that mystery, let's talk about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So we haven't talked about him running uh, yet, right, for president. It, it's it's kind of good in a way. I think you're seeing the... Uh, he, he's kind of becoming the Bernie uh, of the 2016 election. That, that's that's him. You know, you can see the liberal media attacking him. He's running as a Democrat, obviously, but uh, see the, the libs and uh, the, uh, the progressive anti-white media calling him, of course, a uh, a science denier, and he's uh, anti-vax, and he's a he's a menace to society. This guy, because of all the things he's talking about. Uh, but anyway, something interesting that I have, and I think, and I think it's good to have someone who can drive those points. You know, anti-lockdown, anti-mask, generally, uh, uh, anti uh, anti the vax experiment, right? Things like this. But uh, it, there was this thing here of him d- uh, deleting a couple of tweets 
of, of su- support for Roger Waters, who of course is uh, Pink Floyd. Is it the is he the guitarist? I think getting that right. Maybe Chat remembers exactly what his position in the band was. Um, but anyway, so listen to this here. He was uh, he was asked by uh, Craig uh, Jardula here why he retracted this. Let's listen to this. This is again over Israel Palestine the issue. That's Robert. Wa- uh, as soon as Roger Waters get into politics, it's like uh, he's. Um, he, I mean, he's a left winger, right? Uh, so he's like very concerned with like Nazism and fascism, and and yes, in a cringe way, that's what he's projecting upon Israel that they're they're the they're the new Nazis, and I don't buy that argument of it. But there is a there's a kernel of truth that you could argue in terms of like, well, they have you know hardcore ethno nationalism for for them, uh, while of course you have a lot of uh, Israeli and otherwise activists and NGO groups and things like that that are of course lobbying for things uh, such as open borders for for other Western countries, right? So I think there's a, you, I mean, if you kind of need to make the point to like a a, a boomer or a non initiated leftist or something like, okay, you know, it's obviously not accurate. Uh, it's uh, it's not accurate, but if that's what they have to do, to, you know, all right, fine. I think you can criticize them for being their own. You don't have to compare them to any other to to nineteen thirties, you know, ideology in, in Central Europe. Anyway, here's what he here's what he said. Listen to this, <laughs> Mr. Kenny. Um, a lot of people are confused about the tweet storm. I call it the tweet heard around the world. A couple of tweets were put up in support of Roger Waters and then taken down. Do you want to give us a little explanation of why they were taken down and also your stance on Israel and Palestine? Uh, I, I I tweeted that um, I made the tweet applauding Roger Waters' courage in opposing the COVID mandates and the um, and the Ukraine war. I did not. I was unaware of his position on Israel, and when I learned that, I, I immediately took it down. My position of Israel is that I support Israel. I support my family has a long relationship with Israel. I support its right to exist and its right to protect its security. And the Palestinians, and and a a humane outcome and a recognition ultimately of the aspirations of the Palestinian people is important for everybody. Well, but you can't have both, right? That's the that's the bottom line here. Like they're 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 occupied, and you can't. Well, a humane, uh, you know, Gaza cornering off strip. <laughs> this is like, uh, but anyway. So, uh, uh, Andrew, uh, what's his name? Lucas Gage. It goes by Lucas now. What was uh, Anthony Gage? Right? Am I wrong? Uh, was it Anthony Gage before? <laughs> anyway, Lucas Gage now uh, on Twitter here. Uh, Israeli Mossad killed his father and uncle, but even then he has to kiss the ring, which clearly shows Israel has zero power and influence in American politics. Right? Yeah, it was a was it the was a great piece? Is a few years ago? I read that uh, piece now, but uh, King Kill Thirty Three. Did they did they go into uh, um, did they go into Israel at all? Right? Isn't that what the piece was called? Oh, it's a song, too. Yeah, James Shelby, right? Maybe they didn't go into Israel. Maybe they didn't do it. Uh, I don't know. No, but that was a different one. Okay, anyway. Oh, was it Hoffman? Was it Hoffman that uh, wrote that? Shelby, James Shelby Downward with Michael A. Hoffman. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, uh, King Kill 33. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was some kind of Israel stuff in there, too, which is uh, which is interesting, right? Uh <laughs> I have to look into that more later in detail if you can connect the dots in any way. But I, I think that's 
that's largely uh, true what uh, what uh, Gage is saying there to a certain extent. But this shows you, you, you do not transgress on this issue. This is like, you, it's an instant kill uh, if you want to get anywhere uh, in uh, in American politics. You have to bow down. Someone said, um, Roger Waters is the, ba- the bass player as well? I had actually no idea about that. Bass player and lead singer too. Here's what he, uh, here's, I'm not sure if this is the, the one single clip that uh, was referenced. Um, but uh, here he comments a little bit on uh, Israel and stuff like that too. Let's listen in here. The, the um, Ministry of Strategic Affairs in Tel Aviv deposed Jeremy Corbyn in the UK, in our country, my country, the country that I am a citizen of, deposed the leader of the Labour Party who was about to win a general election and instead put in place an Israeli government Puppet, Keir Starmer. <laughs> the, the, um... I want to say, I, I, see, I think that was a live stream or something like that. I got to check the longer clip there. Yeah, I, I, I remember the whole Corbyn stuff, right? That was like maybe his one redeeming quality of sorts. And of course, they didn't like that, right? You have to, we know we have to basically get this guy out of there. And they did eventually. It was enough, uh, uh, you know, hoopla around this. And they got uh, Kerry uh, Starmer in there instead. Uh, which seemed more or less more or less correct. The Labour is trying to kind of salvage themselves on this particular point again to say, well, no, 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 of course, we're, we're Israel's right to exist, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but they're dropping white phosphorus. Uh, it's fine, you know. So hardcore uh, Zionism, right-wing uh, nationalism for them. Uh, and then, of course, the Labour Party still will undermine intensely uh, the uh, the Anglo nation and, and UK overall. Uh, big surprise. So, of course... Uh, yeah, here's some of the stuff, right? Some of the <clears throat> some of the uh, tweets, partially that was going around uh, it, at a performance in Germany. Roger Waters dressed up as an SS soldier and pretended to fire a rifle. <laughs> how, how any person with conscience can can pay money to see this vile human is beyond me. We uh, we're, we're a head speechwriter at Israel mission to UN. Okay, well there you go. So of course he's doing this cringe. Um, uh, well, this is the wall. First of all, the, you know the, the whole reference to the wall. They, these people don't even know what that is, right? Uh, kind of thing. Uh, but this is what he. Did. This is what he did, right? He 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 compares sometimes uh, Israel to uh, to Nazis and and, and fascism, uh, and they don't like that because that's an anti-Semitic trope. Uh, and although I don't think it's like correct, right? Yeah. So here's the the context notes have been fairly good on Twitter, to be honest. Roddy Waters was performing a song from the 1979 concept album, The Wall. The song tells the story of a musician in crisis who ends up performing on hallucinogenic drugs and hallucinates that he's actually a neo-Nazi dictator. He's not advocating or endorsing Nazis. Oh my God, thank you. Oh my God, who could have known? So Greenblatt got involved, as he usually does. Unsurprising to see notorious anti-Semite Holocaust denier and former KKK leader. He was was he he was never a leader, right, David Duke. I don't think he was a leader. It was like was it his three month membership or whatever. we've been over it once on the show. I forget the exact details. Uh, but uh, David Duke, this is a big problem for Greenblatt, right? He praised Roger Waters for confronting the Jewish global deep state. Toxic anti-Zionism is par for the course. For Duke and his fellow white supremacists, and see uh, links to a Algemarine, what's called again, Algeminer, I think it is. Uh, Peace on that front. All right. 
we don't have to go through this. They they always do the same thing, right? Uh, Doctor David Duke. Maybe we should uh, we could uh, we could have, have him on and talk about it. I guess so that would be that'd be good. You can't you can't so you can't even support. Let me see. Is everything good on this front? Am I getting the audio issue here? Hang on, hang on, guys. All right. Let me see if that's any better. Got a little uh, funky there for a bit. Check, check. Is that okay? All right. So, so hopefully that's good. Um, you can you are never allowed. Uh, to criticize Israel for whatever reasons. That's very important that you uh, <laughs> that you are aware of that uh, by all standards. Okay, we've got a couple of more here from uh, Western uh, Collapse Report. Uh, let me see here. Uh, here's my hot take on the Jewish-Arab wars. Uh, these retards have been killing each other forever. Which, uh, why is this our problem? I say we protect our interests with extreme... Uh, with extreme and uh, violence, and let them destroy each other. Yeah, it's this weird. Um, what is it that they're doing? They're blaming basically Britain for creating the situation, things like that. But I mean, I think Roger Waters is is essentially right. Uh, if you go back historically as well, because of course, as we know, we cover that many times. Lord Rothschild and and a couple of other uh, you know activist Zionists at the time who who you know proposed this to. To Balfour and the English, the British uh, government, and things like that. They lobbied for a long time. The Rothschilds was in there. It was like just you know, huge push for this, right? And and they kind of forced England to like, which Palestine was a British mandate at the time, right? Uh, hand over, uh, hand over that uh, to uh, to uh, to uh, to create Israel essentially, right? Or po- portion of it at least. Uh, so they have lobbied for that, but then they blame. Hey, oh, it's it's Western, you know, racist colonialists that created this whole situation. But let's not talk about the Rothschilds and their involvement. Uh, it's pretty crazy. All right, and uh, Bitchute link there as well from Western uh, Collapse Report. I'll uh, check that out later. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. All right, so let's check this one out too. This is kind of interesting, actually. This is uh, uh, some good news on the ESG front here. Lloyd's, I think it's Lloyd's of London, technically, right, is uh, now one of the just latest firms to exit UN's Net Zero Alliance, or otherwise known as ESGs, as another major blow uh, to their uh, little effort there to corral all the different businesses around this one model to get them to comply. Uh, this piece basically went through this a uh, little bit more in detail. Lloyds of London exit UN's Net Zero Alliance. The insurance company is the sixth firm to break from the UN's group dedicated to, quote, fighting climate change, which demands underwriting portfolios transitioning to a net zero by 2050, but have not commented on why of this yet. In fact, none of the six exiters, I, I forget exactly which all the other ones are. Let's see if we can find those listed have disclosed the reasoning, but it's uh, thought they uh, worry about being tangled in disputes about initiatives in the U.S. The move spells uh, trouble for the alliance, as the insurance companies that are involved with this net zero program are, quite frankly, out on a plank. And they've sought it off. Robert Bork Jr., president of the Antitrust Education Project, said in an interview uh, with the Epoch Times. And some people said, well, this is because the the profits is is threatened is that what's going on what what's what's the reason here uh but i assume we would see more of this to be honest unless you have that caveat unless of course they're all owned uh, or controlled uh the major share uh holders in in these companies um is like blackrock or, or vanguard or something like that right 
that would be the the one uh, the one kicker. But uh, anyway, it's it's interesting that you've seen this. I forget there was another one not too long ago as well that that jumped ship. And so now it's I guess six in total. And I think it was just like of those of of like the insurers uh, in that one that particular field, there was something like thirty of them in total that had just like signed on to this or handling this in some way. And uh, now uh, you know quite a bit of them quite a bit of them have, have jumped ship. Uh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, tw- okay, 28 maybe it was. Yeah, I thought it was 30 or something like that. But yeah, no, it's int- it's very interesting, uh, to be honest. Um, by, co- by forcing companies to prioritize ideological issues, the ESG agenda risks making these firms look f- lose focus on their business priorities, including making profits. This can have negative consequences for businesses, investors, and the economy as a whole. As we know, they, do, they don't give a... Don't give a shit about the economy. It's not about the economy at all. Uh, there's a lot of different reasons for why they are doing what they're doing. And uh, we've been uh, talking about that quite a bit. One of the other issues of this is, of course, controlling um, farming and the food supply. And so to do that, you get a, to control the food, right? you got to have a, a less of it. You can't have abundant food and competition and things like that out there. You have to c- control it. It has to end up in fewer and fewer hands. Uh, and you also have to decommission stuff. You have to create scarcity, especially if you want to introduce other types of protein, such as, yeah, I don't know, maybe bugs, for example. Uh, so this push, as I mentioned in the beginning, we've seen that on the forefront in countries like the Netherlands. Uh, which is just a travesty, of course. We played clips of farmers who are like crying. They can't hold back their tears as they uh, are about to lose their farm. They've had this farm in ge- you know generations in their family, and they won't be able to hand it over to their kids uh, sometime in the future but because the government have, have forced them on it. They've even put laws in place where they're basically saying you can't even buy land in the future somewhere else to continue to pick up farming or, or uh, you know dairy farming or anything like that, dairy, you know, livestock on the, on the land. Uh, so anyway, so now uh, this has been expanded to Ireland, unsurprisingly. We'll talk about the U.S. in a moment. I want to play a, a longer, somewhat longer clip. Cut down uh, John Kerry talking about how farmers basically have to stop growing food in order to meet uh, the net zero goals. Uh, so here's uh, Ireland uh, through a f- basically what amounts to like a FOIA, FOIA request. Uh, it's been revealed that the government there is have been investigating how we, you know, how do we get to net zero? Well, part of that is basically to cull a lot of the cows. Uh, a 600 million euro budget will be needed to cull 65,000 cows every year for three years to meet climate goals. 10% of the livestock herd needs to be displaced in coming years. <sighs> no good. This is this is not good. Up to 65,000 dairy cows may have be, have have to be removed from the national herd every year for three years at a cost of 200 million euros in the farming se- if the so- farming sector is to meet its climate targets. Minister for Agriculture Charlie McConnellog said earlier this year that his department was considering the option of a voluntary dairy reduction scheme, that 2022 would be a reference year and it was his intention to start the scheme in 2023. The new figures from an internal Department of Agricultural briefing paper produced late last year identify how the sector could close the gap on meeting its emissions targets. The paper, obtained via a Freedom of Information request, highlights that the core measures previously identified to reduce agriculture emissions and subject to additional ramping up can provide a pathway when combined with the displacement 
of livestock associated with the development of an of an uh, anaerobic digestion industry, and that's the is that with the gas, the anaerobic, right? It's um, uh, what is it? Oxygen-free anaerobic uh, bacteria, right? Does not um, they don't need like oxygen to to live, I assume, which is then in turn they don't need to give out. Um, Carbon dioxide as an output or something like that. I could be completely wrong on that, but that's I, I just remember that. It's actually an interesting mystery, right? Anaerobic bacteria, like how uh, they're talking about how the process for life started here on Earth, uh, boring, of course, a, a creation, right? But a, you know, slow progress over time or whatever. Uh, that you have bacteria that shows up that can actually do it without oxygen, right? I think they're called anaerobic bacteria, if if I remember that correctly. Uh, but anyway, they'll put, they're meddling with this. They're putting bags on the cow's backs to like capture their farts. They're putting masks on their face to capture the burps from the... I mean, it's completely insane what they're doing to these cows now. Uh, so now we're just coming around full... So let's just kill a lot of them. Let's, let's like... Uh, what do the Romans call it? Um, uh, decimate, right? The 10%. That's literally des, from decimal, decimal right? Or uh, uh, deca, right? 10, 10%. It's actually a decimation of the of the herd, essentially the national herd of Ireland. Uh, all right, so it's, uh, and and that's of course again to comply with the 2030 budget. However, the measures do not provide a pathway to compliance with the agreed 2025 budget period. To address the gap to target, department officials believe 10% of the livestock herd would need to be displaced by other activities over the coming years, which is the equivalent of approximately 740,000 animals. It says, based on the latest data, the suckler herd, I'm not too familiar with that is, uh, maybe Irish people are, is already at this level of reduction. And when it followers, calves, stores are included, this would bring the sector close to compliance with the first carbon budget period, while certainly ensuring compliance with the second carbon budget. The suckler herd will reach its own equilibrium, it said, blah, 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 blah. Some of this terminology, like, oh, we'll, re -re we'll work into this and researching this, whatever. Um, this is bad. That That's what this is, right? Uh, however, however, while it said changes to the nitrates regulation derogation, what is it? De derog derogation, I think it is, uh, may also act as a, quote, backstop on dairy cow numbers over the decade. An exit retirement scheme on the dairy side will be needed to actively manage dairy cow numbers in the short term. Approximately 60 to 65,000 dairy cows per annum would be needed to be displaced. It's a nice way of saying it in 23, 24 and 25. So the three coming years here. This would allow for some modest growth for new entrants and young young farmers. 10,000 per year, the paper stated. It added that a separate fund would be needed to establish to operate this scheme. It is anticipated that a budget of up to 200 million euros would be needed annually. This, it said, was based on a payment of 3,000 euros per cow for 65,000 cows. So again, they're paying the farmers to kill their cows to get rid of them. But ultimately, of course, who's paying for that? Because the government, don't, they don't make any money on their own. They don't generate money. They take your money, Irish people, and then they pay this to farmers to force them uh, to dispatch of their cows. And uh, and there you go. Voila, culling the herd. Well, okay, where are we going to get the remaining dairy from? What about the protein? Right. <laughs> and we got uh, Israel is working on 3D printed steaks, folks. Uh, just, just hang on because it's going to be very exciting. 
Funding options would need to be explored. Yeah, of course it would. As part of the terms and conditions for the reduction scheme, the paper outlined that farmers could not use the land for breeding ruminants, but it would be permissible for them to feed cattle on their land. Oh, thank you. The paper also said if a suckler beef exit scheme was launched, it may be permissible for them to diversify into sheep production. However, it said diversification into alternative land uses would be strongly encouraged. All right. Anyway, they go through a little bit more here, but I think that's the... So that's the meat of it right there. By using what is that? By using a biting system, officials said the department would not need to sig- signal payment rates for the suckler cow and dairy cows. At this would be politically divisive. Yeah. What about the uh, what about the production of uh, of food? <laughs> can we can we address that issue? Is that is that part of it? Nah. Let's just reduce. That's what, of course, why this net zero thing is absolutely insane. I mean, this will <laughs> this will be death for our. For us, for civil, they want us dead. That's the only way it is, right? But all of this comes in the veneer of no, no. We're sa- see, we're saving. We we're doing this because we're saving you, right? We're saving you. Here's like bureaucrats coming in uh, with with paperwork, forcing these people out of their occupation. Essentially, you know that, and eventually um, disincentivizing them from owning more, you know, cows paying them to kill them, things like that. We've seen other crops in other parts of the world. The U.S. I remember doing that for a while. They, they just get orders from the USDA, I think it was. Um, you, you need to get rid of this and this and this crop. Uh, we'll pay you, of course, but uh, just destroy it, <laughs> right? Uh, something, is a, something is afoot here when it comes to culling uh, livestock in Western countries and uh, decommissioning farms and stuff like that. And they're using this, well, we're, we're saving the world, uh, it, it, you know, kind of arch uh, story arcs that we're we're the good guys you see we're saving everybody and, and speaking of that let me play that john Kerry clip because it's perfectly exemplifies uh this belief that they have and it's 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 this almost like cartoonish version of like where i can't think of a of a more noble cause and we're we're actually this is not hyperbole we're actually saving the planet and coming together here right uh so anyway so this was um at a uh, farming, let me pull, pull up the Slay News piece here so we can get the exact uh, place here where he said this. Uh, farmers, essentially, this is, this is if you reinterpret what he said, he basically says certain amount of farmers must stop growing food because otherwise we will not get to net zero. Agriculture is represents 30 or 33% right of all the carbon uh, emissions and things like that. So they say if we don't control farming and they say innovate, they, they talk a lot about that here. But at the end of the day, there's no shortcuts, right? If you want to try to meet these net zero goals, which is complete it's suicide, complete suicide. Uh you you must you must not remove farming entirely, but you have to you have to limit it you know severe severely, right? So it was at the, um, what was it called here? Uh, yeah, Green Agenda, the Department of Agriculture's AIM for Climate Summit. We've talked about the AIM stuff before. Listen to, uh, to this here. This concept of an innovation mission for agriculture, championing this notion of smart agriculture. Agriculture contributes about 33% of all the emissions of the world. We can't get to net zero. We don't get this job done unless agriculture is front and center as part of the solution. There it is. How serious a component of this agriculture is. 
how critical it is that we get this right because lives depend on it, <laughs> as well as our ability in the long run to be able to meet the challenge of the climate crisis. Can't think of any time when so many agriculture ministers have come together uh, here in Washington. And so many agriculture ministers have come together on the global stage in a way that is going to have a profound impact on the outcome of this battle. And believe me, uh, it is a battle. Uh, Let me pause there. I, I looked at the whole speech, right? I've just cut it down to like three minutes. They, I've seen them a number of times now with these kinds of people. They always reference World War II and defeating the Nazis and the effort that we all had to pull together to save the world, you know, kind of thing. And it's the same thing here. They bring that in. They basically, I think I included that part. If I didn't, it's in the full thing. Um, where he's like, this is the, you know, this is our, this is our great war, essentially, to do this. And we have to, uh, at the end, he referenced, this part is not in there, but at the end, he referenced a book of like how the, engineers won World War II or something like that. Uh, and he was talking about this massive effort that everybody has to get involved, everybody has to push in the same direction, uh, and basically comply. everybody has to comply and just do what we tell them to do, uh, and then we'll defeat this great evil of carbon. <laughs> you know, that's what, again, cartoon is, is, it's totally cartoonish. Uh, but this is how they view it. The, the carbon is the, the new Nazis. Net zero is, is winning World War II. Uh, these people. Get back to the clip. Uh, unfortunately, with ideological overtones that have trapped us from making some of the decisions we should be making and implementing them, but also with just a characteristic human frailty with respect to uh, our ability to summon what is necessary to get the job done. Summon. Or we got to summon something here to get the job done. See what he's talking about here. Uh, yeah, I think he's talking about like ideological things. In the, we, it's basically to, yeah, human frailty. We have all these uh, people are a little iffy when you like start destroying farms and and killing livestock. Yeah, well, I wonder why. But it's this view: oh, human frailty. People get emotional. They get involved. They get all uh, concerned about these kinds of things. But we know the science. You see, says we know we have to do this in order to survive so we can whatever damage we do and however catastrophic the damage will be which it will be when these people you know do entirely what they want to do we can't let them but i'm saying they're trying they're pushing for this right now the damage will be so immense so catastrophic i mean we're talking <laughs> even if there even if there is any difference in the mean temperature of the earth by human activity, anthropogenic global warming, even if that is an issue. The fact that we're right now going in the opposite direction of, of actually experiencing a cooler climate overall means they'll adapt us to a, a, a warmer climate. They'll start engineering crops and these kinds of things, right? They're already talking about this. Resilient. This is what he talked when they mentioned innovation. Is what he went on and on about that. Farming, innovation, innovation, innovation. And that's, you know, put a, put a bag on, a, on the cow's uh, back and trapped its farts. You know, put a mask over its face to capture the methane and, you know, things like this. But when they've, if they can implement all this, it will be catastrophic effects. But they will just come around, turn around and say, well, if we didn't do this, you see, then it would be, then it would be Armageddon. Then it would be the, the end of the world. And so no matter how much damage, livelihoods lost, 
people's ability to feed themselves lost, it will still always by these people be justified. That's why it's so dangerous. It's, it's a climate religion. It's a belief system. It will always be justified by, by, by claiming they're the good guys, you see, because without them stepping in and fixing this issue, you, you would all be dead. It's, it's, it's incredibly dangerous with this kind of cultish thinking where, of course, they're also not letting in dissenting views into this discussion. They, they're saying, well, the de debate is settled, the science is settled, everybody agree, which of course is wrong. It's not true. There's tons of scientists out there that have different views on this. But they don't let it, they don't let them speak. They don't let them get in there. Uh, they just claim this is this is settled science, and so therefore obey us, right? I can't think of any issue where everybody has the ability to be able to contribute to something where who can legitimately say we may save the planet. Yeah, look at that. Save the planet. Delusional. There is no hyperbole in that statement. No exaggeration whatsoever, <laughs> Johan Rockström. There's no exaggeration whatsoever. And uh, have you have, have a look at that. Let me see if I can find the reference video here. Uh, we don't have time. Do, do you guys remember that group? It was uh, quite a few years ago now. Let me see if I can find that. It's a... I think it is a Swedish group, actually. And maybe they just restreamed it, but I think they have some... They have a foot in this uh, as well, and we exposed, you know, them or at least their agenda when we talked about the Greta Thunberg stuff, right? Uh, of of how she's tied into like this whole new industry. It's just a whole economic takeover, kind of like think of what uh, the Rockefellers kind of did with Standard Oil uh, and decommissioning, like you know, the the rail system in America or something like that back in when was that twenties, thirties? Maybe it was earlier tens or something. Get exactly one, but it was a you know a, like a pivot. It was like oh, okay, we're doing oil. I mean, they even had electric vehicles back then and things like that. But it was a complete pivot and a, and a new um, dynasty to control of the energy sector essentially. And it's the same thing happening here with this green movement. It's a it's a not completely new players, but it's a, it's an it's an attempt by a new liberal elite to take control of energy production, get everyone else to comply, and 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 on top of all of this insanity of control uh, make a shit ton of money uh, on this as well and i'll play the i'll play the we don't have time kind of promo that they did for global uh, global warming after we listen to the uh, john Kerry uh rest of his speech that then you get an idea of just how like I insane they are and it's always this concept we don't have time don't don't think don't just no research the science is settled act now we have to act now to save everybody you know it's complete like just shut off any kind of rational thinking that's the, the tempo these play, uh, people play at. Of the Potsdam Institute, carefully articulated about 16 different tipping points that we face if we don't do enough to be able to lower the warming of the planet. We may be at or crossed five of those tipping points right now. Ooh, are you I afraid? refuse to call it climate change anymore. It's not change, it's a crisis. And without action, millions of lives and Here livelihoods are going to be at risk. Without they are putting millions of lives and livelihoods at risk. But you see, no, no, no. We're saving these people. Without us, you would all die. Without action, millions of lives and the livelihood of the planet is at risk. This is the biggest organizational effort that I think we have faced, um, certainly since World War II, but perhaps ever. 
So we have to reduce emissions from the food system to keep the 1.5 degrees alive. Why do we have to keep 1.5 degrees alive? Because scientists. That's right. We need economic, <laughs> social, and policy innovation. To those in civil society, we got to push more. Yes, of course. We got to be more militant. We have to get this job done. The IEA <laughs> has been clear about how we get to. We got to be more militant. We got to get this job done. Let's go. Narratives. Goal of 2030, which is a 45% reduction in emissions by 2030, and then continue yeah. down to net zero by 2050. It, it's absolute civilizational and human suicide. That's what this is. It's a human suicide mission where they've talked themselves into that they're the good guys. It's I, I, We've never seen anything like it. It's unbelievable. We need every single person here to be pushing this narrative of the way in which agriculture is going to contribute to this victory. To this victory, and it was after you talk about oh World War II and the Nazis and oh my God, this is our you know, carbon is our Nazi. He didn't say that, but that's you know, what he meant. Oh my God, it's just how do you how do you how do you fight how do you fight these people? It's almost like we can't let them just do this. We can't let them just like experiment. I mean, these are the people that want to they want to spray our skies to block out sun power photons sunlight reaching the earth so that we can keep cooling it as we are i believe and i think that the thianth is backing this up but i believe we are we're, we're heading into probably a mini ice age definitely a cooling period remember that strip that they get the timber had in his book her book and stuff like that and they were so dishonest, right? They only sowed, I forget how many thousands of years, but if you extend the whole range right through, they've, they've done this through dendrochronology and other things, right? Looking at temperatures and, you know, ice core samples, these kinds of things. If you look at the whole picture, tremendous up and down, up and down, up and down, pre-human industrialization uh, in regards to temperatures. But they're just, uh, no, well, let's just, let's just cut that portion out and let's just look at this little portion. And it's like, Yes, it's been a little warming because it's been a recovery from the last, you know, cold period. This is a natural cycle. You can't do anything about that. But anyway, look at this crazy advert here for the We Don't Have Time, which you see up in the uh, top left-hand side corner uh, of uh, John Hines Carey here. Check this, their little promo out here. We are running out of time. Right now, carbon dioxide emissions are being released at a staggering rate. Climate change will soon be self-fulfilling and unstoppable. The ice in the Arctic will no longer deflect sunlight, and the Siberian tundra is melting while releasing enormous quantities of methane gas into the atmosphere. We cannot turn the clock back. We are growing closer at an unprecedented speed to the point of no return. But there is still time to stop the emissions. So why do we not introduce a carbon dioxide tax uh, now? No. We are not shifting to 100% renewable energies. How is it that nothing is being done? We have a solution. Right now, as we speak, we are building a social network, an arena where you and millions... Ah, good. A, a social media platform. Just what we need. ...people around the world will be able to watch who is really doing something to put an end to the climate crisis. A, a shaming and pressure campaign. Check this out here. An arena where you can look into what your politicians and business leaders are doing about climate change. Do they, in fact, take 
it seriously? Are they doing their job? Love Bomb, the ones in power that are actively looking for solutions and clients bomb the ones that must do shaming. More. Nobody likes a bad rating. Nobody wants to be held accountable for the That's climate right. crisis. When the pressure is felt by the people in power, they will no longer be able to deny, <laughs> mislead, or... No more deny. That's it. They're climate deniers. Right? That's right. The pressure will be so immense that everybody will comply. This is this is liberal, you know, uh, uh, live and let live, you know, progressive ideologues now. This is like, shame them, you know, ridicule them, you know, ruthless, uh, you know, ruin their reputation. <laughs> That's how we get them to comply. There's no time. Blah, blah, blah. Look at how hysterical... Uh, that old promo videos. Right, they will have to change their ways. This is a time when together we can solve this crisis. A time together. of great change. We are working round the clock to create this social network. But you don't have to wait for us. At wedonthavetime.org, you can already send climate bombs, love bombs, <laughs> and messages to climate. chosen world leaders. Wait, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Send climate bombs? What are you, what are you talking about? Are you, uh, uh, is, this, is this the new terrorists, folks? Is that what we got on our hands? .org. You can already send climate bombs, love bombs, <laughs> and messages to chosen world leaders through social media. Remember, together we have the power, but we are running out of time. Of course, we're always running it. Don't think, don't stand. No, 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 it's already done. Hurry, hurry, right now, quick, food, do it. <laughs> My God. Ay, ay, ay. Oh. We can't, we can't, we can't let them. You, they, we can't let them experiment like this with our atmosphere and with with our with our air, with with the vital carbon that's essential to life on this planet. It's amazing that, like, you know, you hear this arguments all the time of like, oh, well, these uh, these decisions affect others and they don't have a say in it and how bad this is, whatever. But here in this front, it's just. Here's science have been wheeled out like the perfect, uh, you know, fix. And you can never if you if you have any doubts or if you question any of it, then you're a science or a climate denier. Right. Uh, which is, of course, they're trying to get it. This is as bad as, you know, the Holocaust denier. That's why they're using that term. Right. That's what, you, you're you're disconnected from reality. Let's shame them. Let's go after them. Let's uh, let's uh, dox them. Let's uh, send climate bombs to them. Uh, we're dealing with a cult. A suicidal, insane cult that cannot have the levers of power to implement the changes that they want to see because we all die. <laughs> it's actually, that's how insane this is. Uh, and it's incredible that we're not seeing more of a mounted uh, opposition uh, to these lunatics, right? And of course, this is not the, the end all be all here, but just, you know, just one, one example, right? Australia just uh, recorded their ever coolest temperatures of, of May, for example. Um, it says here, uh, this week weekend delivered Australia more record low temperatures for the month of May, most notably to east parts. The fallen Queensland benchmarks include, uh, this is some reference to the those who are in the wheelhouse of, of keeping up with all the, the temperature shifts and stuff in, in uh, <laughs> my wheelhouse. Um, but it continues here. Much of Australia posted their coolest summers in decades, following uh, what were also colder than average springs and winters. The likes of Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra, Brisbane uh, were among the key metro uh, metropolises to endure colder than average summers, with the uh, later also suffering its coldest ever winter in 2022. Uh, and all of this despite one of the BUMs ignoring 
uh, of the well-established UHI effect. Uh, I'm not sure about some of these abbreviations here. Uh, and two, they're overhauling the country's weather stations, replacing all mercury thermometers with the new 0.7 warmer electronic probes. Isn't that interesting? Which got me thinking, like, could it be that, like, as they upgrade some of the, oh, or just, um, you know, the, what do you call it, the, the, the range of, of uh, not failure, but like there's always a range of like inaccuracy, right, baked into some of these scientific things. 0 0.7, 0 0.75, right, that would be, that's half of w the 1.5 degrees that the IPCC have been talking about, for example. Could it be, a, a, but on top of that, it gets worse. So it's not only that they've replaced all these mercury th thermometers. There's people, and when we've talked about this for years now, they're placing these, uh, you know, meters essentially to measure the temperatures at the most retarded but for them advantageous locations such as this image shows a large parking lot area this is in uh, uh, at Arco in Idaho and they're showing the visible and infrared photos of uh, MMTS placements near a sunlit wall uh, in a large parking lot which of course we know uh, or basically, this is an accumulator of, of heat, right? This is a, not a heat sink, the opposite of that. This is how the corrupted climate science, how they produced this partially. And this is not the only place, by the way, but this is one screenshot I could quickly find, right? Uh, this is how they've done the job. They've, they've literally put these measurements or taken the measurements uh, in places that are already above average. Uh, and, and so the change is so little that they're talking about that is almost like, okay, they managed to, you know, flub, flub the numbers, is that the correct, correct term? Uh, fake the numbers. Kind of like, you know, reminds me of COVID and all these things, right? How, how they just like exaggerate this. There's some statistical play you can do or you're, you know, you're being disingenuous over here. And you say, well, this this is really because of, you know, whatever. This is really because of COVID in that case. But here's like, well, this is, this is it's getting warmer everywhere. You see, look at all the temperatures increasing everywhere. And it's like, well, where, where are you placing? The, the, where are you taking, rather, the measurements for this kind of stuff? <clears throat> and so we're actually getting colder, so, which shows you then they're faking it. And maybe then they've, they've gotten to see that it's slightly warmer at a time when things on average is getting cooler and cooler. This is a, a dramatic and, and dangerous situation to be in, right? We, we need to go in the opposite direction. Again, I don't even think anthropogenic global warming is a thing, but if it was the thing, we would essentially need all the carbon we can right now to essentially, if it even matters, right? I mean, a volcanic eruption matters more than, you know, cars or factories. But if, but even let's let's assume that the, okay it does tip the scales a little bit or it does affect a little bit okay well, well we would need more carbon right now to counteract the n natural cycle of returning into a you know a monitor minimum essentially right the Melanchowicz cycle there's all these things we we've been talking about and going over another headline here from a while ago. Scientists struggle to understand why Antarctica hasn't warmed for over 70 years despite rise in CO2. And of course, who can forget the classics, right? UN predicts disaster if global warming is not checked. From uh, June 29th, 1989, entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if the global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2000. <laughs> They've done this over and over and over again to try to scare us into submission. Wrong forecasts every time. 
Uh, AP, Health and Sciences, five-year climate forecast. More high heat continued. U.S. southwestern drought and 40% chance uh, of the year uh, that exceeds Paris warming uh, warming goal, right? And, of course, you can get Greta Thunberg getting in on this as well. Uh, back from 2018 in June, a top climate scientist is warning that climate change will wipe out all of humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years. And here we are, right? Still alive. <laughs> There's more. Uh, here's uh, Antonio Guterres, the uh, Secretary General of the United Nations. Humanity faces collective suicide over climate crisis, warns UN chief. And uh, of course, he's done, uh, done promotional phot uh, photographs such as this one, our sinking planet. <laughs> this is all, is all marketing, all, all bullshit. It's a huge gay op, all of this. Spain and the UN, who can forget, of course, that also, oh, also, that's right, the, the reason why we need to fight climate change is because that's fighting racism. The global climate crisis is a racial justice crisis. <laughs> and of course, we mentioned religion and a cult-like behavior earlier. Who can forget at COP27 this year? Uh, was the UN climate conference in Egypt? There was a multi or, or inter something called interfaith event, a multi-faith event, where they were seeking to get what they called the Ten Commandments of Climate Change, I believe, right? So it took place at the Sinai Peninsula, which of course is you know a biblical reference, an Abrahamic reference as well. Religious communities and religious leaders have a key role to play in addressing climate change and climate justice. Blah, 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 blah. So we're going to go extinct. Did you know that? Five years? Five years ago. So it was five. Well, it was 12, I guess, a little bit previously. <laughs> it was five previously. But no, it's really 12 now. This this time it's really for, for real. We're all going to die unless you do exactly what we tell you to do. This is how they play the game. It's absolutely disgusting. But uh, it's going to have real-life consequences. And if you start meddling with... Livestock and farmers, farming, farms, uh, things like this. You, you're blocking out sunlight and stuff. Like now you're in a different, now you're in a different territory. They just, they're gonna have to be stopped. Uh, these people, in in one way or another, or or it's going to be a nightmare. But anyway, that, that's so that's interesting when it comes to the ESGs and stuff. That I, there is, I think there is an opposition kind of forming to some of this stuff. But they're very talented in, into scaring people uh, into compliance. Very talented at that. You, you saw it under COVID, which was kind of like a, a test of sorts. Uh, we've talked about climate lockdowns, that that might be something coming. So we'll see how they continue to play this in the future. But this is something to, that has to be you know, looked out for. And then, of course, you have the carbon capture project on top of this. Uh, which is big machines are being built in, in like the American Midwest. They're being built in Iceland right now. There's other places around the globe too. They just suck in air, filter out and capture the carbon. And then they're going to bury this deep, deep underground. It's going to be a disaster for any kind of organic life on this planet because it needs carbon. Carbon is, is the lifeblood. Uh, and so that's partially why they're doing this. I think it's absolutely insane, to be honest. Uh, all right. So let's uh, shift topic a little bit here. I wanted to show. Um, speaking of speaking of, well, we, we'll get to the, the summer uh, aspect of this, but uh, we'll get into Sweden a little bit here too. But I, <laughs> I quickly wanted to show you uh, show you this. Let me see. Can we? 
Yeah, can you see those? Yeah, okay, yeah, you can't see those. Good. Um, there's a new TV series out, and we've shown we've shown screenshots from this before, right? Remember the uh, the our our Viking ancestors classic meme from uh, what a couple of years back. Uh, but in that vein, there's a new series, tremendous uh, investment from SVT, which is the Sv- Swedish Public Television. Uh, this is funded by the, the the people, right? This is public service, as to call it. They're indoctrinating you. They're, they're forcing you to uh, to take a, a bite of the shit sandwich, uh, as they say. Essentially, you must pay. Even if you're not watching this, you must pay, uh, essentially. They claim there's a way out, but they don't buy that. So they're working on this new series for, I think, a few years now. The History of Sweden. One of the comments here was, we want to spread knowledge about which events and people have shaped Sweden. So here are some of the actors, of course, as Sweden celebrates its 500th anniversary. It's technically more than that. It's 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 a thousand, you know, but but OK, we'll, we'll, we'll take it officially, right? The official formation. And uh, will you will you look at it? Here's here's some of the here's some of the early Swedes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Can I, uh, can I zoom? Let me zoom in on the. Let me zoom in properly here on the uh, on the image for you here. <clears throat> here we go. Here's the here's the classical uh, early uh, you know kind of n- Nordic uh, hunter gatherer for you right here. And he has a uh, a brave and bold neighbor over there too. Look at that. Huh? This is uh, Chet, your Cheddarman dose for the day. Uh, and then, of course, let me go back. We have the second screenshot, which just basically looks like, I don't know, like a Lebanese girl, maybe a Iraqi girl or something like that. Uh, these are the people, they claim, that uh, occupied uh, Sweden early on, right? Well, we, they, had, uh, they had dark skin. <laughs> dark skin. We've debunked this. Many other people far you know, more uh, scientifically inclined with the right language and stuff have debunked this as well, that you basically can't. This is a very hard thing to, to determine, right? Um, but they're, they're running with this. And so we got to make sure that we don't have any kind of, you know, patriotic uh, kind of ideas coming up here in terms of the celebration of the nation on its anniversary and things like that. So we have to try to, you know, drive that knife in the in the back of, of Swedes to say, no, 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 no. You're an invader. You see, it was just the indigenous, uh, the, the noble Sami uh, that were here before you and you, you stole all the land. It's funny, someone commenting on it the other day. They even said that, like, reindeer uh, herding, right, uh, herds of having live, uh, reindeer as, as your livestock is basically like, uh, was a, a Swedish, of the Swedish people invention, right, in the 1500s or something like this, essentially. And uh, and it was brought to the Sami later. They took inspiration from from the Swedes that did it. Uh, but that doesn't, that doesn't stop them, you see. We are the perpetual uh, invaders wherever we go. Uh, but it's some great shot tips. I'm looking forward to this. This is not out yet. Uh, there has been, I think, one website that they set up, and we've shown you some of the screenshots there before. So it's kind of more of the same so far. Now the the series is going to take you from the like the Ice Age, which is presumably this is like from this is this is the Ice Age people. All right. Um, I thought we were the cold Ice Age people. How, how does how how would a Nick Cannon deal with something like <laughs> like this now? I thought we were the cruel ice people that have no uh, no sympathy. We're uh, we're continuously mean to others. No, you see, it was actually brown and black people that were the ice people. Uh, how would they deal with something like this? No, but anyway, uh, we'll see what happens uh, when that final is out. It's going to take you all the way up, I guess, to somewhat modern history. Uh, they continuously have to undermine things for us. 
uh, as a group, we can't have anything that's exclusively ours. And even in countries that had like no colonialism, no kind of involvement in the slave trade or anything like that, it, it doesn't matter. It's the same MO for every single white country. And that's to undermine and give us white guilt and say, no, you didn't build that. It's not from you. You showed up later. You're an invader. That's what this underlies. Complete bullshit. I hope we see a lot of kickback, uh, pushback, better term, uh, against this show when it finally is coming out. Uh, and here's another goodie, too. Check this out here. We have uh, yeah, there's nothing uh, that reminds me more of like, you know, good, like positive association in Sweden. It's everybody's graduating studenten, uh, we call it. Um, it's summer, it's getting warm, you're, it's a long break coming up. It's like it's, it was some of the, it's the best time to be in Sweden kind of thing, right? Long, long summer break, long, wonderful nights and stuff like that. And uh, now, of course, because of our uh, <coughs> wonderful diversity and an addition, our spicy additions to the country, now, of course, we have a lot of non-Swedish people celebrating studenten, right? They're uh, be like, yeah, student celebration. So th there was a, a uh, and I'll get to this one here too, by the way, because these are three girls that are holding up the Eritrean flag. So instead of these people come to Sweden, they're educated in Sweden by Swedish m taxpayers, essentially, right? Because they're given the free education, right? And so when they graduate and have their final, you know, day of celebration, they don't hop, they don't hold up a Swedish flag, right? They hold up a, a flag of their parents' homeland. And we'll we'll look at the clip on this too later, because um, it's and I'll, I'll live trans. Actually, let's do that first. Then let's let's look at that first. I'll live translate this if I can. Uh, that's why we're choosing Eritrea's flag uh, to celebrate the, our graduation. We want to show respect. <clears throat> that's right. Not to uh, not to Sweden. I'll, I'll, at the end of the day, I think this is a good... I'm glad they're not like embracing Sweden, right? We've talked about this. It, it's, we want them not to merge and integrate with Sweden. It's going to be easier for us if they are, consider themselves outsiders than insiders. But a lot of the normal conservatives are like, why don't they sw wave the Swedish flag? And so again, we're agreeing with liberals for the wrong reason. Uh, well, maybe it's, maybe it's a good... But, it's, but it still needs to be pointed out. Because it's an obviously atta an attack on Swedes on Sweden. They, they don't they don't care about you. They're just here to, to use you essentially. Check out this. De kommer ändå hit från Eritrea och det visar ändå en slags respekt tillbaka till dem. They come. Presumably she's talking about her parents here. Uh, they come here to Sweden from Eritrea, and so we're showing a kind of respect back to those people. Respekt tillbaka till dem. Man ändå vill ju hylla sina föräldrar som ändå kommer från ett annat land, har krigat sig, eller kämpat sig hit. You, you want to, sorry, let me pause here. You, you want to you wanna celebrate, is that the right term? Yeah, you want to raise up, celebrate your parents that came from a different country and have fought uh, their way to Sweden to, 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 to do everything that's possible for them so that us, meaning these girls, uh, get the best possible life, essentially. That's what So we want to celebrate them. Where they come from and where we come from. So they know that. Yeah, I'm not sure if these gals are uh, born in Sweden, because we know that that doesn't make them Swedish. But it's fascinating to see which side they choose. They choose their own ethnic group. They've never even been there, presumably, but they choose this over Sweden. 
Och varför vill ni inte ta med den svenska flaggan? And the uh, interviewer asks, and uh, why don't you want to bring the Swedish flag when you're celebrating your graduation? Man vill liksom ha flaggan där man, där den sina rötter är ifrån. Because you want the flag from where your roots are from, which it's like, I, I actually agree, I agree, right? But this is like, this is a sign of conquest. This is them showing we're here and we're taking over. We hate your country. We disrespect Swedes. We don't care about you. We're not going to show you any respect. I know. Sure, I know you paid for education. You made sure that we got all these, you know, wonderful things that are presumably they're there for. What's their thank you? Uh, fuck you. That's their thank you. And she says here, uh, all my relatives, my entire family, um, extended family, is from Eritrea. They, they come from there. It's this is not interesting. It's it's like a um, a, a comforting or a, a safety is not the correct term. Trygghet, but like yeah, it's a, it's a um, it it feels safe. I guess it's the best translation I can think of. Feels safe. It feels uh, close. You know, close uh, to carry this flag, the Eritrean flag. They connect with that war. Trygghet, like, yes, security, safety, uh, uh, that would be kind of the best translation for it. Uh, and I appreciate Sweden, she says, and what everything Sweden has done for me. But that's not enough for me to bring the flag, meaning the Swedish flag. So it's not enough what they've done. I will just harken back to my ethnic roots. It's not, uh, let me, uh, okay, let me do, uh, I, I gotta find the right, sometimes it's not the perfect word here, let me ch uh, translate that. Trygghet. Okay, security, translate, okay, maybe that's, that's, that's decent, that's security, it's a weird, it's a little, I would not, tra I would not even use that word entirely, uh, I'd say, sa yeah, safety, or I feel safe when I have this flag, it's something, in, in other words, and you know that that's because ethnically, this is what they connect with, they know that they're, foreigners they know that this is not their home country but it's it's just it's to spit in the face of swedes that's what that's what it is right that's what it is okay clip is over that you get the idea right so uh this uh, gay homosexual here Anders Lindberg uh, on twitter says here's a suggestion let people wave whatever country's flag they want to wave uh, under graduation, essentially, this guy is a, he's uh, he's going to need to go in a catapult uh, one day uh, in Minecraft. This guy in mine in Minecraft. Uh, anyway, so let me play. Here's another one. Here's a little classic student uh, celebration or uh, graduation celebration in uh, Central Gothenburg. Vilken flagg är det ni har? Vi är ju motherfucking Kurdistan, fuck Sweden! Catch that! Vi är ju motherfucking Kurdistan, fuck Sweden! Fuck Sweden! Kurdistan! Fuck Jag bara undrar varför ni tar den svenska flaggan. Är du rasist eller? Nej, jag bara undrar. Why don't you have the Swedish flag? And then her retort is, are you racist? 
while she's waving the flag of Kurdistan. He says, I'm walking around asking people. We're living in Sweden and therefore we don't want to celebrate Sweden. Makes total sense. Yeah, where, where are you, why don't you have the uh, Swedish flag? Uh, well, because I'm from, is that the, is that the Russian flag? Which flag is that? And then she says, well, why don't you have the Swedish flag? Well, are you racist, is the retort. So they, they know what to say, these, uh, these guys. Completely pro programmed. <laughs> if I'm racist, I think he said. He should have said, yes, I'm a racist. Just, just own it, Lamont. <laughs> okay, that's, that's gold. He walks up to the police. Uh, uh, can you shoot uh, rockets? Okay, do you have fireworks? Can you have fireworks right now? Which, of course, is shooting. Uh, no, it's not allowed right now. I, I, maybe it's some. Uh, maybe you can't shoot. It, shoot. I'm off in that spot, or maybe there's some kind of, uh, you know, fire restriction or something. But regardless, do they do anything about it? <laughs> of course, of course not. Here's the spicy diversity doing whatever the hell they want on our streets. Can you shoot off fireworks? No. Yeah, here's the uh, here's the other piece in case you missed that. Let's let's have, I have a translated version of fuck Sweden. Here we go. There we go. Kurdistan. So of course <clears throat> it's funny because Kurdistan is I've seen liberal publications like uh, I mean they're globalist obviously well liberal it's equal it's equals globalist now but you know like foreign policy journal I think that's a, a, a publication arm of the CFR I could be wrong on that basically arguing that like we need an ethno nation for the Kurds right essentially uh, <laughs> which is which is like weird when you think. Like American outlets are, are lobbying for that when they have a close partnership with Turkey uh, through NATO and things like that. And of course, Tur even the whole, as we get into that later, the whole NATO thing and, and the question um, is that Turkey had been blocking Sweden because apparently, allegedly, right, we Sweden has given like a, a safe refuge for Kurdish terrorists, according to Turkey. So Turkey had been like, well, you got to deal with some, you can't burn a Quran. You got to deal with these uh, what they have labeled terrorists, Kurdistan people, and stuff like that. And and everything it's been like this long tradition of like left wing uh, Antifa, anti fascist groups, and like the uh, YPG and some of these other groups too, the the P PKK, uh, like t terrorist groups essentially, right? Uh, and the relationship between them has been very. The leftists have always backed them up. There's even some. Photos and videos that suggest that there's leftists down training with these groups, right? So they're they're in northern Turkey. They're seeking their own ethnic homeland. But look at the replies, right? They're standing there with their own flag. Presumably, they're all for like an ethno nation for Kurds in this region, which is why Turkey is fighting them. And then someone brings up, why don't you have a Swedish flag? And then you're a racist. See, they know, see. It doesn't, it's not about consistency, it's not about a double standard. They don't give a shit about any of this. They, they just wheel out what they need to say to get you to shut up and comply. But this is a, these are weapons used against us. This is a, these are attacks on us 
the, they're seeing this as conquest. I saw a bunch of people just in this tweet thread alone, a bunch of Swedes that were like, kind of trying to logically argue here. Well, should they, does it matter? And oh, well, uh, uh, maybe if you go somewhere as a Swede, you go to like Thailand or you're in America and you have a Swedish flag, that's the same thing and stuff. It's like, no, like don't, don't overcomplicate this. Don't try to hyper analyze this. Don't, don't run some, what is it? Uh, um, Pit, pit pull or what's it called again? Like <laughs> pit pits in the pit pull. Uh, learn learn a new term. The other word here. The other day here. Uh, is it pit pull or pull pull pull? Not pulpit. Pill, something like that. It was like hyper analyzing uh, the Talmud or something like that. It was something. Like, I'll find the right term later. But it's like a hilarious term. It's basically like, like intense navel gazing. Uh, you know, you can or like hair splitting. Right. Uh, point is, I'm seeing them going over this like crazy in the thread, trying to justify this in different ways. And it was like, boys, boys, sweets, this is very simple. They're seeing this as conquest. They're the new colonizers. They're doing this justly and they'll do and say whatever they need to say to get you to shut up and comply. <laughs> that's that's basically what this is. It's not rocket science. You know what I mean? Not rocket, rocket science whatsoever. But anyway, so yeah, so it's NATO. Uh, try to get Sweden involved, and then Turkey says no, and then we have the Kurdish connection while they're out in our streets saying, fuck Sweden. Like, we're protecting and helping people. They're still just like, hate you and resent you. They resent your people, they resent your country and all these things, and what do we get back for it? Well, fuck Sweden, go Kurdistan. That's what we get back, essentially. Uh, so speaking of that, uh, let's let's check in on the uh, the NATO thing with Sweden here. Let me take this one real quick here. Uh, on Antipocene, Crayon Minister says... Uh, when you're possessed by demons who want Earth for themselves, a cold civilizational wide suicide looks like an e a easy plan. Get them a pesky human carbon out. That's true. Uh, I guess at the end of the day, humans is the biggest uh, you know, problem when it comes to the, the carbon question, right? We're the biggest producers of it. We are carbon and stuff. So just a... No, not I, I'll find in terms. Someone says in chat there. Pit, pull, not pulpit. It was like a reverse of that. Pull, pill pull or something. I don't know, I'll find the term later, but it's a, a very good term. Um, they want us gone. The easiest way would just be to have a mass culling because then you get rid of carbon, essentially. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, let me uh, let me see here. Do we have a couple more? Uh, maybe next time says we don't have time, Henrik. That's right. We don't have time. Don't think. Maybe next time we'll have time. How about that one? Blinken says, the time is now, speaking of we don't have time, for Sweden to join NATO. We are wanting to seek a NATO-wide approval of Sweden stat immediately. So Blinken, of course, uh, was at this summit. I think it was in Moldova. There's some other interesting things happening there, too. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, but uh, here's what uh, Blinken said. I'm going to have to turn this up. I think this clip was low. Let's check this out. First, let me just say... It is appropriate that uh, every ally have a clear say in the admission of, of new members or the session of new members because it comes down to Article 5. Um, each member is making a solemn commitment to every other member that it will join in coming to their defense if they are the victims of, of aggression. Uh, and so it's important that every member um, have its, uh, have its say in, in this process. And as I said earlier, uh, by historic terms, this has moved remarkably rapidly, and we believe it needs to come to a conclusion uh, now. With regard to 
Sweden's accession and the F-16s, these are distinct issues. Um, both, though, are vital in our judgment to European security. Um, I've already been clear about why it's profoundly in the interests of the, uh, the alliance uh, and the United States to have Sweden as a formal ally uh, in NATO. And as I said, we expect that process uh, to be completed um, in the weeks ahead. Yeah, so they were seeking this. Uh, they wanted to get Sweden to join now in June. Uh, I think this last uh, summit they were holding in uh, Moldova was kind of like the, the final uh, push. They wanted to try to get Turkey to kind of approve this. Uh, he's now won a new term. It was very closer for a while, right? He might not win a new term. might be a left-wing guy in there. And I was speculating at the time, maybe, maybe, the, maybe there's some... I mean, who knows how deep this goes, right? I mean, right now the big issue is like... Russia, the multipolar world order, we got to get Sweden in there, we have to control the Baltic Ocean entirely, we have to have the island of Gotland, we have to build our bases on there, blah, 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 all these things, right? Uh, so they were like, maybe they're doing a gay op on Erdogan and trying to get him out because he's being a, a difficult NATO member right now. But uh, he, he narrowly won another term, uh, and so he's kept putting pressure uh, on Sweden to do basically uh, their bidding, to uh, to comply. Um so anyway, they want to uh, make their ascension now. So we'll see what happens in the next uh, couple of days here, in the next week uh, or two, because uh, it could be final then. Uh, of course, I'm vehemently opposed to this. I think it's insane. Uh, Finland have just joined, uh, and you're going to see other things change as a consequence of that. It's No, it's not only NATO, but that's a big part of it. It's just another, uh, you know, kind of globalist arm, essentially. Um, yes, Henry's talking about pill pull. Is that what it's called? Yeah, pill pull, wasn't that what I said? Check this out here. Uh, Pilpul. Maybe it's pronounced different. Pilpel, I guess they they translate that to. uh, Is a method of studying the Talmud through intense textual analysis to explain conceptual differences between various halakhic rulings or to reconcile any apparent contradictions presented from various readings of different texts. Blah, 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 blah. Is entered English, this word, pilpul, as a colloquialism used by some to indicate extreme disputation or caustic hair splitting. Pilpul is critical analysis and hair splitting, caustic argumentation, especially among Jewish scholars on Talmudic subjects. Yeah, I saw someone use it the other day. Uh, I think that is it, Sith. Thank you. Thank you uh, for the clarification there. Okay. So we'll see if uh, Sweden joins. And we had some great comment about. Uh, Mr. Ladybugs, Lindsey Graham. Do you remember the lady, uh, the uh, ladybug story? If you don't, uh, be warned. Google Lindsey Graham and ladybugs, uh, saying, "Well, let me let me let, me let him sp- let, let me have the the gay congressman or senator it is right from uh, South Carolina speak for himself." Free or die. Free or die. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are dying. So the best money we've ever spent. Thank you so much. Now it's... Let me take that again. You hear that? Free or die. Free or die. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are dying. So the best money we've ever spent. Thank you so much. Now it's... What a, ni- what a nice... What a nice guy, eh? The Russians are dying. It's the best money we've ever spent. <clears throat> Man, I'll tell you this guy. Uh, if there ever is anybody, uh, oh, you two pull the plug, Oive. Oh, is it? Let me check real quick. Is it just on this one, maybe? <laughs> or is it the old channel? Oh, channel, oh, channel me. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Red Eyes TV returns is uh, officially 
<coughs> capsized on YouTube, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Big surprise. Yeah, we've had that burner count. It usually grows to like maybe kind of a thousand or so, and then it's then it's gone. All right. Okay. Anyway, <coughs> we're very sad over here. Uh, Russia. Thank you, uh, Anderson Paladin, too, for letting me know about that. Uh, Russia issues arrest warrant for Lindsey Graham over Ukraine comments. Russia's interior minister has issued an arrest warrant for U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham following his comments related to the fighting in Ukraine. Well, it's kind of it was kind of a little bit more than that. ABC News. It was. It's great that Russians are dying, and it's the best money we've ever spent. <clears throat> oh, here we go. In an edited video of his meeting Friday with uh, Ukrainian president, they say here's, here's the fact to check right away. There. Oh, no, 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 no. It's out of context. Uh, Graham, a Republican from South Carolina, noted that the Russians are dying and described the U.S. military assistance to the country as the best money we've ever spent. Well, you can't separate the two. He's there to confirm like all the aid that America has given, the support for Ukraine, uh, and of course that this is hurting Russia. This is not, <laughs> this is not, they're not separated. They might have been separated by a couple of sentences in between. But you know, it's, it's the, the military aid or it's the weapons or whatever the cost is that they've helped out Ukraine with in their war effort. That's the best money that we've ever spent. That's what his comments is about. And in that same conversation, he mentioned that the Russians are dying. Oh, man. But anyway, it's good that they're uh, issuing an arrest warrant for this uh, This guy. Graham commented on Twitter saying that to know that my commitment to Ukraine has drawn the ire of Putin's regime brings me immense joy. Yeah, this little neocon you never married this guy, right? That's, he's he's definitely closet homosexual, this guy. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it whatsoever. Uh, he would be happy if we started World War III, which, of course, again, putting in context with, like, you know, the current uh, regime and things like that, which is trying to reach, you know, kind of like a net zero and stuff like that. In this capacity, you can just provide endless uh, support for uh, the war effort and literally have your money go up in smoke uh, and literally producing more pollution that I think few other activities does on the earth, meaning war. <laughs> but now let's not talk. Let's not talk about that. You can't have your cow, but let's take all your money and give it to Ukraine so they can you know, literally blow it up. That is not a problem whatsoever. So we also have the uh, situation in Kosovo heating up as well, Serbia, Kosovo. Uh, the Serbs are being targeted once again. Speaking of NATO, there's not Kofor Co uh, troops there, which of course is NATO troops. Let me just underline that before we look at some of the clips. It's a NATO-led international peacekeeping force. That's right, we're here to keep the peace. Remember, this is the one that they, they turned on the Serbs and sided with the Muslims. That's, that's what NATO did. What do you think is going to happen in all these other... <laughs> it's just... I just don't understand how anybody on who's like a nationalist can can think NATO is good or what they're doing is good. They, they've, they've historically they've undermined every single effort, right? Would it be great if like Ukraine was truly independent from these forces and and fighting for their you know nation and stuff like yeah sure you know what I mean and I think they have the right to and I think they should, but then you you know and it doesn't mean who they're fighting is automatically the good guy either. But you realize like how incredibly detrimental these these organizations have been to the the overall development over the last few decades, right? Not just NATO, not just um, you know a few of these globalist institutions like the United Nations, but all of them put together. Uh, 
And maybe all of them doesn't have a foot in every country at all times, but they all tug and pull on each other, and it's a general direction. Look at Sweden, for example, right? We've not been a member of NATO, and we've still kind of gone down the, the, the same path. And then people say, like, aha, see, NATO has nothing to do with it. Well, it has. It has. It's, it's one more, you know, group, international group, or, or, you know, alliance in this case, military alliance, that will help to, to lock in a country of going the same direction. Uh, they can put pressure on countries, they can tell them what they need to do, what they don't need to do, what they can do, what they can't do, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's horrible. So anyway, more footage coming out of uh, ethnic Serbs clashing with Kofor, these NATO-led peacekeeping forces. Let's uh, check some of this out. As you can see, huge mess again, huge problem in the region. As you can see, nice and peaceful once again. Now, this is a <clears throat> the Balkans is a is a issue and a problem. And again, if you want to, you know, <laughs> Balkanization, right? It's like there's been an issue here because of ethnic differences, uh, multiple ethnic groups in the same territories and stuff. What do you think is going to happen, and what it will look like in most Western countries? Uh, as the majority ethnic groups are being displaced and we bring in all these other ethnic groups. The exact same thing. It's going to be massive balkanization, which, of course, is exactly what they want, right? Order out of chaos. Create the chaos. You can come in and secure, bring in the security and the safety and things like that. I'm not saying that's the only reason for why they've opened our borders, but that's just, just one of them. Permanent international 
UN NATO forces on whatever soil that you need to essentially um, control the population, right? Or make sure that no one gets out of, you know, get, gets ideas and try to break free and do what they want to do, right? Become a vote, vote in a, a right-wing government or whatever and try to declare their own uh, separateness from, <laughs> from all the global homo stuff. Things like that, essentially. So anyway, there was one clip here, and it and it's not. It it does. I feel it it doesn't correctly underline all the issues of what the reasons are, uh, but they were they were trying to kind of explain a little bit of why there is ethnic tensions, uh, in the region. Uh, let's listen to this, and, and of course it's the yeah the it's a small. It's a it's a difference of 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 how they should be ruled essentially, right? You have a majority ethnic Serbs in an area that's then dictated to by a. a uh, what is it? A, Co a Kosovo, Bosnian? Is that what it is, or is it Albanian? Uh, a Co a Kosovo, Bosnian, I believe it is. Um, over overarching uh, gov led governments, right? Uh, listen, listen to this here. Tensions are flaring in northern Kosovo, where ethnic Albanian mayors have been trying to take office following April elections, boycotted by the local. I'm sorry, it was all it was Albanian, right? Let, let me let me go back there again. Listen to that. Where ethnic Albanian mayors have been trying to take Albanians, okay, yep. office following April elections, boycotted by the local majority Serb population. On Monday, Serb demonstrations left at least 30 NATO peacekeepers and 52 Serbs injured. Fifteen years after Albanian majority Kosovo declared independence, Serbia still refuses to recognize Kosovo's statehood and instead deems it part of its territory. This is despite recognition for Kosovo from major EU countries and the US, who've called on all parties to de-escalate the situation. Kosovo is attempting to assert authority over all its territory, while Serbs are pushing for an association of municipalities operating with some authority in Serb-majority regions. Pristina rejects this as a recipe for a mini-state within Kosovo effectively partitioning the country along ethnic lines. Kosovo's Prime Minister Albin Kurti explained his proposition. I proposed a normalization model which Serbia already has with Republic of Croatia because there is no normalization, good neighborly relations without mutual recognition but also without serious, honest treatment of the protection of uh, national minorities. Serbia and Kosovo have made little progress on this despite committing in 2013 to dialogue aimed at normalizing ties, a requirement for both to gain EU membership. There you go, see? A requirement for both to, to get EU membership. Let's just... I mean, again, I think in this case, you have to divide among ethnic lines. <laughs> Otherwise, these issues are just forever going to continue, right? And it's, it's, it's a... I mean, it's not even... Obviously, this is not comparable to Israel-Palestine, but I'm saying, like, Here's an issue, right? Of like, you you have an ethnic majority in one area that's dictated to by another another ethnic group, and they don't want that. They want to have this for themselves. And of course, the Kosovo Albanians says, "No, why why are we going to give up this territory? Make us like, haha, we're going to try to force you." And then you have issues after issues after issues, and it keep bubbling up. It will it, it might settle down for a little bit by like a hardcore, you know, it's like just have NATO and American bomb, you know, bombings come in and uh, air raids come in and drop bombs on the Serbs. And and maybe maybe they will you know maybe they'll settle settle down a little bit for for a little while and that they have the permanent international NATO forces on the ground to kind of preserve the peace right, 
but then eventually it bubbles back up again and you get these same problems. This is why it's impossible to have uh, multi-ethnic countries N and neither want to give up the territory, which I understand. And this is this is the this is history. This is human history. This is what it's been about. Not always and all the time, but that's what it is. Right. You fight over territory and you say, this is my shit. No, that's mine. And then then they fight. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So not a big surprise. Uh, what, what is surprising, of course, is how they continuously uh, always side against the Serbs and especially these globalist institutions such as NATO and the UN. Uh, so this is this is no good, right? It's no good. Which is looks like they're forcing Serbia into the hands of Russia a little bit. Um, I know that when I, I think that when I, you know both parties, I think want to have, unfortunately, like EU membership and these kinds of things, right? But uh, it, it it almost looks like it. Now here's another clip I want to play, where there's a bunch of protesters. They they unfurl a 250 meter long Russian flag or a tricolor, tricolor, uh, in front of one of the municipal buildings where these K4, uh, K4 Kosovo Force soldiers have arrived. Kosovo's ROSU special forces are also present in the building that they're uh, protesting outside, uh, which is surrounded by barriers. Thousands of demonstrators gathered in front of municipal buildings in northern Kosovo to protest against the deployment of NATO soldiers in the region. So, in a way, right, Russia came out, as far as I know, in support of Serbia, right? While, of course, uh, you know, the other side here is saying, oh, stop destabilizing. I think one of the comments here I saw. Um, yeah, Kosovo's president calls on Serbia to stop destabilizing the country. <laughs> it's only, yeah, it's only them doing it. No, they, the other ones didn't do nothing, right? So they're kind of being driven into the hands of Russia, uh, which you can make of that what you will, right? Because uh, they, they seem to have backed them up a little bit more. And it should be mentioned, too, depending on what side you're looking at here. Uh, that is exactly the same colors as Russia's flag upside down. The only thing that's missing is... Uh, the uh, the coat of arms, right, with the uh, white double-headed, uh, what is it, an eagle on there, their coat of arms or something like that. So I said, maybe it's misinformation. They're trying to claim that they're with Russia, but they were actually <laughs> holding up a Serbian flag. <laughs> maybe that's what's going on. And say, look, see, see, they're with Russia. And then Russia makes a positive comment and says, oh, well, see, that settles it. We have to go in, we have to put boots on the ground and control these Russians. I mean, Serbs. I mean, let's just, let's just corral them once again. Ugh. Kosovo president calls on Serbia to stop destabilizing country. Serbia needs to stop its activities aimed at destabilizing Kosovo in order to end the violence in the north of the country. Kosovo's president Vozja Osmani said Thursday. This is what happens when you mix. Let me let me see here. Let me just let me just see real quick here. <clears throat> Albanian, I would assume. Uh, does it say? Yeah, she was born in Yugoslavia. Does it say? Does it say ethnic background? I'm just curious here. Huh. All right, I can't find that immediately here. Sometimes they don't have it. Early life, let me see here. Uh, ethnic Albanian parents. Okay, there it is. Yep, okay. So there we go. So she has, of course, uh, no dog in this fight, right? Um, 
The challenge comes from Serbia, a country that still needs to come to terms with its past, Osmani told Reuters on the sidelines of a European summit in Moldova. Okay, so she's there too. Of course she is, right? Because all these other NATO bullshit and uh, was, was happening there at the time. The situation is tense, but we need to make sure that we restore rule of law in Kosovo and understand that the threat is coming from Serbia's denial of Kosovo's existence as a sovereign state. Osmani said Serbia was actively supporting illegal structures in Kosovo to destabilize the country from within. President Vucic needs to stop supporting criminal gangs if he truly wants peace, she said. He is yet to show that. Now, last time this happened, right? Last, last time there was a war in this region. And by the way, I've been to Belgrade. I, I, I like the fact that they still keep like the they kept many of the bombed out buildings to kind of remind people of like what whose side uh, you know they're 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 on, right? Who, who who did what to them, kind of thing. But last time, this was of course an act of self-defense by Serbs, as far as I'm concerned. But then internationally it was blamed on Serbs. And they say, no, no, you started this, right? And you can see a similar scenario happening in Western countries that if and when you would get native, let's take Sweden then, because we talked about that earlier, native Swedes organizing and finally defending themselves against gang rapes, criminal gangs, all these things that are happening as a consequence of, of the problems, right? Just general violence. Uh, robberies, extortion, mafia-type behavior, infiltration of our government agents. I mean, all of it is happening on, on a mass scale right now by predominantly immigrants. If we would ever like to kind of organize and say we got to stand up against this, right, defend ourselves against the, the obvious aggression on our nation, internationally, the whole community would be like, well, Swedes are acting out, and for no reason whatsoever, uh, they're just targeting poor immigrants, which, of course, would not be the Even if it was a, just a defensive strategy, it would still be like, you're the aggressor. And I very much see this, the same thing happen in Serbia. Uh, they turned on the Serbs and they projected, I think, crimes upon them uh, without recognizing what had been done to them, of, of why the reason why they did certain things that they did. But anyway, the point being that this is now flaring up again. This is flaring up again, and it's the same story every single time. In fact, Zelensky was meeting, this is at the Moldova meeting here we talked about, uh, with Vucic. And apparently he had a verbal altercation outside the meeting of European pol the pol European political community uh, in Moldova. Sources say pint-sized Zelensky wearing a green war t-shirt was throwing his weight around with six foot seven inches tall Serbian president Vucic and then Zelensky stormed off it's a short clip here but it's kind of funny <laughs> oh, yeah some disagreement here yeah, it's interesting, like geopolitically, right, of what's happening here. Especially if there's any, like, Russia is kind of backing the Serbs, right? Is what, what's happening here? Uh, there's a meeting now uh, with Zelensky and Vucic, uh, Vucic right, of the, of the head, heads for the Serbs, head of state for the Serbs. Uh, and, you know, uh, this, could, this could be something 
really bad, to be honest, uh, that develops in the region. And, and once again, you will see war flare up. And of course, again, you know what? Man, it's it's just aggravating because every damn time it's like the, these big institutions again and again. That's why I go back to that. How can anybody who's on our side like side with NATO and stuff like that? How can they? How can they not see historically what they have done, and think that they 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 oh they're they're just helping Ukraine? Like no, it's not that simple. It, it's it's literally like the worst people possible that's taking control of a country to 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 have run a proxy war against against Russia. You know what I mean? And and again, I don't think you have to think that Russia is the be and all good guy in the situation as well to understand the the severity of the problem of, of the issue and the, and, the, and the problem with this, the problem that that NATO is creating, the de- the destabilization that they've done. Um, I see some stuff on the Russian side. I've, I've talked about that many times, which is like I don't I don't like this. I don't like their. You know, oh, we're defeating the Nazis and fascists and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wait a minute. Like, the biggest supporters of of Ukraine is their very foundation is built on anti-national socialists or, you know, ideologies, essentially, right? Whether that's NATO or the UN or even the EU, like we talked about before, right? There's like... The very reason why they exist was to like to make sure this never happens again. The Nazis is the bad guy kind of thing, right? Liberal, pro- progressive, globalist institutions, you know, sinking their claws into Ukraine, using Ukraine in their war against Russia. And then all Russia can say is like, oh, look at the Azov command of uh, the battalions. <laughs> well, they're all the West is all Nazis. No, they're 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 so retarded. They literally think they're stopping the new Nazis, Russia and Putin. It's just a game of who screams Nazi the loudest, and it just get dumb and cringe uh, and irritating after a while. Uh, Russia can do better; uh, they can do much better. I think. I think of the two parties, they they have the most reasonable, uh, the most reason for doing what they did. But I don't like some of the things that they've done anyway. You know what I mean? Zelensky miffed over NATO inaction, demands membership and security guarantees now. Ukrainian President Zelensky is letting his frustration and impatience over the question of entering the NATO military alliance be known. Our future is in the European Union. Ukraine is also ready to be part of NATO. We are waiting for NATO to be ready to accept Ukraine, he said Thursday to journalists just ahead of the summit of the European political community in Moldova. At the summit, he demanded that Ukraine receive security guarantees now and emphasized the best way to ensure this is acceptance into NATO. But the idea of security guarantees has also long been under discussion, with French President Macron on Wednesday having explained that the the country could be given something between the security provided to Israel and full-fledged membership. So here we go with the Israel echoes again of like, (laughs) Ukraine Ukraine is Israel 2.0. Zelensky continued in his address to the Moldovan summit, in Vilnius, a clear invitation to Ukraine is NATO. That's right, it's in Vilnius, that's right. The upcoming, is it a NATO? It's a NATO conference, right? In uh, Vilnius. We talked about that. Let me let me just double check that real quick. Uh, Vilnius summit, is that 20? Yeah, it's a NATO, isn't it? Let me just check that. Yeah, it's a NATO summit. Okay, that's right. Uh, that's coming up in, uh, yeah, 11th to 12th of July. Okay, that's right. That's when they're going to make the push for Sweden to finally be like kind of approved. So that's why they're pushing this now when they have this meeting in, in uh, Moldova here. But uh, the NATO thing is coming up. Uh, so next next month, since we're in, uh, we're in June here now, we're in pride season, folks. Um, 
Doubts much, much must vanish. Positive decisions for Ukraine will be positive for everyone, Zelensky stressed. Sure. There should be no hot war or frozen conflict on our continent, he added, telling European leaders. When there are no security guarantees, there are only war guarantees. But behind the scenes, the Ukrainian leader is reportedly miffed at NATO and European inaction and waffling. Is that the term? And his rhetoric has been more aggressive outside of public addresses. The Financial Times wrote Wednesday, Ukraine's President Zelensky has made clear to NATO leaders that he will not be attending the Vilnius summit without concrete security guarantees and a roadmap for a session. According to people briefed on those conversations, this has dialed up the pressure on the West and leaders of the most powerful NATO countries. The Wall Street Journal emphasized in a follow-up reporting on Wednesday. Macron seems to... Uh, seems the first among these leaders to be responding positively, despite the fact that NATO Article 5 could trigger certain war between Western powers and Russia if Ukraine were to be formally admitted to the alliance. According to more, uh, the FT reports, French President Macron on Wednesday called for Ukraine to be, uh, to be guaranteed a NATO membership path next month. While he did not commit to endorsing full membership for Ukraine, it represents a potentially influential shift in Paris's stance. Intense, why this guy needs to go too. Intense discussions are now underway among Ukraine's Western backers about what form security guarantees could take and how much money would be pledged towards them, said a French official. That's right, it was about the money. But Germany is among leading countries still rejecting this as a realistic approach. Financial type in, in April had cited multiple unnamed German officials who said Berlin remains against offering Kiev, Kiev deep ties to the alliance and is against a potential roadmap for membership as well. Does, uh, does Germany's voice matter? Does it ma matter at all? Considering that they're America's bitch... All right, let's do one more here before we uh, wrap up. But major issues here with NATO, Serbia, Sweden entering the Ukraine conflict. It's just, it's it's not, not good at all. Actually, yeah, that's right. This one, I didn't see this one yet. Um, with Zelensky's election in 2019, the Davos-centric Fourth Industrial Revolution came to Ukraine. Here's a video featuring Zelensky's, Zelensky as great research salesman shown at the DC rollout of DIAA into what is that again DIAA I forget what that is uh let me search the acronym here introduced by tech industry PR agent slash journalist and lesbian Kara Swisher <laughs> I've, I haven't seen this first I I just saw Max was, Max Blumenthal was tweeting this out uh oh is it is this the um is this the digital ID thing or something? Is that what this is? The US US aid sponsored Visa and Google assisted the DIAA app or DIAA, yeah. Uh, not only forces Ukrainians into a digital ID panopticum, it encourages them to snitch on fellow citizens, reporting them as Russian collaborators so they can be arrested and disappeared. Yeah, because you had, uh, okay, that's an interesting thread here. I didn't look through all of this yet. Um, of course, you had the uh, situation with the uh, Coach Red Pill, right? Uh, isn't it full name again? Um, I'll come to me in a minute. Um, he's an American citizen, right? He's from South America originally, right? What's his name again? Um, <laughs> oh, come to me completely. It's too hot in here. The AC, it's not working. It's boiling in here. Uh, he was kidnapped and imprisoned again, I believe, right? By Ukrainian authorities. He did that already once a few months ago. 
and now he's back in there. And America, of course, said, "Nah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do." It's interesting when America's giving aid and finances and stuff like to a country, and then they do something against one of their citizens, and like nothing happens. Like, nah, we won't touch that thing. Uh, Gonzalo Lira, that's right. Thank you, uh, Tim Burns. That's right, Lira. Or bonds aimed at rebuilding the liberated and soon to be deoccupied Ukrainian cities. State mortgage. Military, medics, teachers, and scientists can apply for the state mortgage right in the app. E-Enemy, a chatbot that helps any citizen safely transfer info about the location of Russian troops, names of collaborators, and enemy movements to the armed forces. Numerous attacks of Russian army destroyed a number of TV towers. To provide Ukrainians with uninterrupted access to information, we launched Dia Radio and Dia TV, so that even under blackouts, millions could feel present and added the in-app army of drones game to help Ukrainians both distract and donate to the common purpose. Has the enemy launched oh cyber attacks on Ukraine? Of course they have, and they failed. Even when the world is falling apart, our main task is to protect the people. Together, we can build a stronger one. It's funny how they, how they view it as protecting the people when, of course, they're like essentially kidnapping males off the streets to put them into the meat grinder, like in the front of Bakhmut and stuff like that. Average survival time, four hours, right? It's funny how that it's like, oh, we're the good ones, you see, because we're helping to protect the people. No, you're like shattering families. You're, you're encouraging war to continue. You're supplying one side with arms so you just can keep going and going and going. Look, the situation will never be ideal. There is, you know... There's always going to be a loser and a winner, more or less. You know what I mean? I think the main issue was over the eastern parts of Ukraine. There's been issues there forever. Russia had to do something. They finally stepped in, decided to do something. The big question now is, okay, will they continue? Uh, will they take, you know, I, I've seen, you know, it's like these geopolitical strategists and stuff like that. It was like, you know, this, this is like people who are saying, like informing Mitt Romney on geopolitics and stuff like that, right? We've, we've played some clips from one of the guys. Um, and they're like they're, they're talking about, oh no, Ukraine is just—it's not even the the halfway point. He's gonna—they're gonna take all the way to Germany again. I mean, it's like, really? Is this? I mean, okay, like if they do it, you know, I'll have to eat my words on this or whatever. But like, I don't know. It feels cartoonish and exaggerated. They have this Hitlerian thing of uh, on Putin. You know what I mean? Like complete uh, dislodged from reality, to kind of like a hysterical take on Putin. Putin. And basically, <laughs> basically, we uh, you, you need to have a little bit more kind of rational views on this. I think if you're if you're genuinely interested in understanding the situation, look, they're at war, so they'll just pump out propaganda to 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 win over all the people and whoever they need. So, so I understand that it, it's war. They, nothing's going to change on that front. But it's like a hysterical, cartoonish view of like, oh, he's going to take over the world. He's like Hitler, and it's like I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's the case, right? But on, on the other end. Uh, other hand on this they're willing to use and chew up Ukraine and Ukrainians the 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 overall you know global elite to achieve their goals and this is not taking care of the Ukrainian people this is making it worse for them anyway here's that uh, I, I wanted to just hear what what Kara Swisher said regarding this series this is back in 2019 so without further ado uh, first a video from President Zelensky Творіння Джобса, Apple, iPhone. І це його серце, і воно б'ється, б'ється з кожним вібро під час дзвінка або під час СМС. 
а в ньому наше українське творіння держава у смартфоні. Мільйони українців щоденно користуються нашим державним сервісом «Дія». Це більше ста державних послуг без контакту з чиновниками. Цифровий паспорт, відкриття рахунків, сплата штрафів, податків, отримання державної допомоги, збір коштів на допомогу армії. Все це українська дія. Україна не випадково стала одним із глобальних лідерів цифровізації публічних послуг і соціальних відносин. Це прямий наслідок того, на що ми здатні. Сміливість і освіта, здатність боротися за свої інтереси і знайти найзручніший шлях. А шлях, щоб реалізувати інтереси, це те, що дозволяє нам перемагати. Росія намагалась зруйнувати нашу цифрову стійкість, але ми не дали цього зробити. Український цифровий потенціал вистоє, він дуже міцний. Ми побудували кібероборону країни. Ми продовжуємо розвивати державний сервіс «Дія». Цифрова країна – це не лише зручно. Це країна, де бюрократія та корупція стануть нетиповим явищем. Це потужний економічний розвиток, бо частка цифрової економіки у світі швидко зростає. Україна – це простір цифровізації, який дає простоту, дає найголовніше прозорість будь-яким відносинам між людиною і державою, між компанією і державою. Це те, чого ви не знайдете сьогодні у більшості країн світу. Те, що вчора звалося мрія, сьогодні називається дія. Отже, головне – мріяти і діяти. Все це ми робили і продовжуємо робити разом з вами за підтримки великого американського народу. I think the corruption is just insane. So, okay, so <clears throat> the coin drops. This is the... So I didn't check the whole Max Blumenthal's, uh, Blumenthal's thread before. I just saw the video. It's like, oh, I gotta play that. Check out what that is. But, yeah, we play that clip a couple of times of like 20, you know, Agenda 20. It's basically Ukraine's Agenda 2030, right? The digital economy. We played it a few times. Um, this is to use Ukraine as the playground for like the Great Reset or the Fourth Industrial Revolution, essentially. Let, let's have a little bit of a... Uh, collapse of the country like w wartime to destroy a bunch of things and then you can come in and just build things up again and do it from 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 scratch right smart cities and things like that uh that's what this program partially uh i'd say partially partially is about uh but yeah no they're, they're on the for forefront of this stuff the the digital a digital country that's the uh, uh official website slogan here uh on ukraine uh digitization has become ukraine's flagship topic in the state party during the last two years uh, taking the lead uh, internally, Minister of Digital Transformation has the ambition to make Ukraine a world champion in being digital. And we are already the first ones who can use digital IDs with absolutely no internal restrictions. Here's how Ukraine moves forward with the concept of building a digital state and become the world's leading country in terms of providing services for citizens and businesses. And of course, America is like any, the EU, all these other places are, are of course, financing this essentially right make it all digital and cool all right i think that's it for us today thank you ladies and gentlemen we're going to wrap up right there maybe next time says over on odyssey you would think by now that the with the vote and education and employment and liberation and presidential positions the women would have solved all the world's problem what are the men doing wrong still uh, yeah, it's it's all up to the the women are going to solve it. We don't have time to cover it today, but I saw speaking of women, 
Did you guys see Robin Europe? Uh, Robin Europe, because she uses an uh, Swedish uh in there, the O with two dots over it, was awarded 11.25 million US dollars for basically showing up late 47 times during a 10-month period. Uh, of course, she's black, so, you know, uh, a jury. But the point is, it was all women uh, on her legal team, apparently. And people said, that's what that's what did, that's what won her the, the money kind of thing. Uh, Equinox, it was some fitness center or something like that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, more women uh, is going to make uh, things much, much better. We need more, more women in uh, leadership roles. That's 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 about to do it. Black Philip over on Entropy says, uh, Hail Henrik, my best friend is a Serb refugee. Huh. Anyway, he wants to uh, you to know uh, so-called based NATO in 1999 was so badass they bombed a hospital full of pregnant women in Bel- Belgrade as a show of force. I I remember it. Yep. I We didn't cover it at the time, but I remember watching some of this. Um and just it just was at that time was obvious to me like who who who's in the right in terms of what they were doing and uh the the world of course consequently and, and history so far has uh has, has seen that in the opposite way and they made up Ser- serbs the the bad guys <clears throat> i mean nato there was like a mujahideen forming in the country and they were they were backing them you know what i mean and then just a few years later, like 2001, it's now the Muzzies are the bad guys. And, you know, I mean, they, they used they, they used his back and forth. But no, if it's the the, the white uh, Serbs or majority Christian, you know, what I mean, ah, then we'll uh, we'll we'll not side with them. That's that's definitely uh, what this is about. Black Philip says, uh, I'm going back a couple of hours, but I've red pilled friends uh, deep into fine. Let me, let me read that again. <laughs> I'm going back a couple hours. But I have red-pilled friends deep into finance. Oy vey. They say the whole target trans thing... Oh, uh, lost it. There it is. Uh, they say the whole target trans thing was intended to be totally overboard to trigger conservatives. So target stock would uh, dig big so BlackRock could sh- short it. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's, I had a... We'll, do, we'll cover it tomorrow. I had a, a piece on... How how cringe it has been with the counter. It, it's look. It's it's one hundred percent necessary. You can not not touch this and and leave it alone. You know what I mean? You have to push back at it. But immediate, number one on Apple iTunes was some conning kind of uh, rap group, right? Of like boycott Target or whatever the hell the the title was, right? And I mean, it's true in a sense. Some of the left was you know you know kind of pointed this out, but there is a it's a virtual like cottage industry of you getting in on whether it's the it's the uh you know fuck brandon or what, what is it like these memes and stuff now it's target that's the latest outrage thing I, again it's 100 necessary i'm not saying it shouldn't be fought back against but it i, I agree with you black it feels like it's it feels like it's a distraction of sort i can't i can't help to to, to just have that sense of it that i have that feeling of it right and conservatives can have fun with it a little bit. Oh, buy the T-shirt. You know, here's the song on iTunes. You know, like uh, uh, what was it? Hello, Brand. What was it again? I, I, it's so memorable. I forgot what it was. Right? Fuck Brandon. What was it? Hello, Brandon. <laughs> what was it? Anyway, uh, you know, the black rappers can show up and kind of like you know play on the the the, the boomer normicon mega conserv mega conservatives a little bit and kind of get them to support them and it's like yeah this this is totally we're counterculture you know kind of thing we'll talk about it tomorrow on flashback friday because it, it's it's something fishy there again you, you you they're forcing your hand right you have to fight back against this 
but wh- how the f- how the formation of the opposition is taking shape is something that I, I think there should be a, it needs to be a deeper like a what I'm saying is they just want to fall back to how things were right the point is all of those corporations that you know through the 80s and 90s and the knots slowly but surely undermined America they ground they helped to grind away of what it is that's what I feel that normie cons just want to kind of go just go can we just go back to that you know what I mean and just do normal things again not this pride thing right it's like well that whole corporate environment is what laid the groundwork for the pride movement to come in and completely occupy that corporate space it's not good enough that's not trad that's not like i mean i'm not saying they set use those terms but like you know target in the in the 90s is not you know that's not like that wasn't ideal it was, it was bad enough walmart was undermining america for, for decades i mean it's like yes the pride shit that they're pushing is is wrong and it needs to be fought back against but like it was wrong when they were like undermining American mom and pop stores in the in the in the 90s. It was their whole neoliberal capitalist approach, who's now they've turned their back on and out the window. And that's not about the profits. And we made our money. Let's pull up the ladder. Ha ha. Now we're doing ESGs and, you know, fourth industrial revolution shit. It's not, that's what they're saying. But it's not it's not good enough. We have to go back further. Think think further back, you know, to, to return to something that wasn't a good version of America. And you can, there's other similar things that you could talk about happening in, in European countries, right? Anyway, so we'll get into that a little bit more. I think tomorrow is a good time to, to talk about that. But thank you, Black Philip. Um, I always felt that I always felt it was this two steps forward, one step back, or, or maybe uh, 20 steps forward, three steps back, or what, you know, however you want to view that, that the pride LGBT thing is so insane over the top that there will be a pushback, but but we will just fall back two, three steps. And let's say, oh, can we just fall back to the normal kind of gay things we used to <laughs> do see what I'm saying as like no that that's a win for them still you know what I mean need to we need to go way think further back you know what I mean think way further back all right and black Philip again uh, Henrik I know there's a lot of joy on our side see, seeing Ukrainians lose big but for the uh, no I I, I I disagree with the framing I know what you're saying but I, I I'll read your whole thing I don't I don't enjoy seeing Ukrainian lose. I, I enjoy seeing those who are controlling Ukraine and are using Ukrainians lose. That's what I would say. Uh, but anyway, let me read the rest of your uh, comment here. I know there's a lot of joy on our side seeing Ukrainians lose big, but for the average citizens, it's disastrous. They might have uh, lost ha- half of their population, 25 million since 1991. Tragic. It is tragic, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's why I want the war to end. You know what I mean? I, I, this shouldn't go on. There should be negotiations. Solve the eastern uh, part of Ukraine. Whatever they, you know, what, what does Russia have? Want to have? They have want to have autonomous uh, go- local governments. I, I assume I could be wrong on this. And they don't want to be under thumb of Ukraine. They don't want them to join NATO and these kinds of things, which I generally think anyway would have been good for the Ukrainian people. But now the globalist shitbags and the, the global homos are using Ukraine and Ukrainians for f- first and foremost in their proxy war and that's what is tragic to me i don't want to see them escape their uh, country i don't want to see them run away but guess what's going to happen if you keep feeding them arms if, if you keep extending the, what probably will be the inevitable we'll we'll see what happens no one knows i don't have a crystal ball but what it looks like is russia could dig in they can do this for decades to come if they have to 
and slowly just bomb and pr- keep producing munitions and so you know we'll see what happens right um and maybe there was a, bit, a massive conflict but what i'm saying is it needs to end now so we don't have any refugees uh, fleeing from ukraine into other european nations i'm happy to help them we should help them but i'm saying it's a it's a travesty that they have to leave their ethnic homelands you know what i mean uh, and it should never have happened. And therefore, the Westerns back it, which, which you know it's not founded on the fact that they now we're all of a sudden we can be hyper nationalist, ultra nationalistic. They even look the other way for national socialist groups in the West to to just secure this battle against Russia. It, it's so hypocritical. It's so disgusting seeing that. Uh, and that's what I'm against anyway. I could speak for anyone else, but that's what I'm against. And it doesn't make, as I said before, Russia the, the, the good guy. Uh, but just looking at it objectively, it. it it looks like they're the more sensible party. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Anyway, let me wrap up right there. Uh, QE Cap says, uh, great show, Henrik. Thank you. Thank you for the support. Appreciate this uh, from you as well. Face face in Flint. Cool name. Uh, good evening, great show. Short time watcher. Appreciate the streaming. Thank you for the support. Appreciate that. Welcome aboard. Well, guys, if you want to support us, redice.tv, redicemembers.com, you can share our clips and videos uh, with newcomers out there. We're doing more clips right now as well. We've brought aboard an editor, thanks to you. Last week, the schedule has been all over the place for various reasons, uh, but we're getting back on our feet. Normal uh, uh, schedule here soon again. Uh, more interviews coming up, more clips as well coming up on the websites. But uh, yes, through because of your support, we have an editor board, so we can do more uh, shorter clips and stuff like that on the website. So if you want to share those, please go ahead. If you want a little bit extra, RedEyesMembers.com, or if you want, if you prefer, Subscribestar.com slash RedEyes or Odyssey.com slash at TV. You can sign up for a membership over there as well. Uh, it's 10 bucks a month, but if you get a longer one, it gets cheaper. So it's almost 40% off if you get a two-year subscription. And of course, you get access to some of the best show out there on uh, this in this wheelhouse, in this sphere. So really nothing like, uh, like it out there, to be honest. Uh, we just uploaded a Western Warrior yesterday, so check out the latest. I think it's a, it's a great, great deal for you guys. Ten bucks a month. Nothing. You support us. You can ensure we can continue, that we can expand. There's a lot of you guys out there watching. We need you guys to step up to the plate and support us. We can't do what we do. We can't continue without your support. So please help us out. Now, we have a, a couple of different uh, extra levels or tiers, I guess, on, uh, on our websites as well. For those who want to do a little bit extra and support us. And again, it's uh, thanks to our executive producers that we managed to get aboard an editor. So thank you so much, guys. T. Lothrop, Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, Chalky Milk, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeebs, President Obunga, Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom, The Second Wanderer, Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, Francis Parker Yaki, Dill Bob, Last Place Simp, Joseph Hart, Purple Haze, and JP. Thank you to our executive producers. We also have producers. Ms. Walker 696, Yuhan Son, Leroy Dumond, Snark Pop, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemry, Yuri Nu, Obadiah Hakeswill, Single Action Army, and George Porge. So thank you guys. We appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. Uh, if you do want to get one of those, definitely check them out. It's uh, uh, executive producer tier or a, ex- a producer tier. That's what we have. Uh, we want to help to, if you want to help Red Eyes rather to grow further, please consider getting one of those special supporter tiers. 
You get your name in the credits at the end of the shows as well. We're going to actually start put a, I think, a shorter version of those in the clips as well. So you guys feel thanks, thanked, you know, because uh, we do appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, but yeah, if we get uh, if we get another, I don't know, 20 or so aboard, we can actually hire a uh, an actual producer and someone who can actually help us uh, do bookings, uh, get guests aboard. We can do a shorter guest segments and things like this as well. Maybe someone who can help produce the show during the show when it's live and things like that as well. So a lot of uh, places for expansion. So check that out if you're inclined to uh, like what we do and support us so we can continue. Uh, that's really the best way. But otherwise, membership is just fine. All right. Thank you, guys. Let me just double check, make sure we're caught up everywhere. I don't want to miss anybody. Thank you guys to everyone who super chatted. We appreciate you, but uh, we'll be back with more here tomorrow. Then we have uh, Alex Affirmist Toll joining us, guest hosting for Flashback Friday. And then after that, we'll be back with more. I'm going to go cool down because it's hot as hell here uh, in the studio. See you guys later. Take care. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.